now to your calls on if you're working from home and you have a choice, is your reluctance to go back to the office more COVID, more crime, more convenience, or tell us what it is. Graham in Inwood, you're on WNYC. Hi, Graham. Uh, hey, thank you, Brian, and thank you for uh, taking part in uh, respectful interactive journalism. Uh, as much as I love my pajamas, uh, my reason is COVID, but it's specifically because the mayor we got, because people in the city were scared of capable women, uh, didn't bring back a mask mandate. And if you go on the subway, at least half of the people are unmasked in a you know little metal tube. And if you have any actual fears of, uh, of the numbers you stated or just getting a form of COVID that is unpleasant, not deadly, you don't go on the subway anymore. So that's what's keeping me off and how much I like my pajamas. Thank you. And threw the pajamas in there at the end, too. Maybe it's unfair to Mayor Adams to say that he was elected because people were afraid of competent women, but that's Graham's take. Kathleen in Harlem, you're on WNYC. Hi, Kathleen. Hi. Yeah, actually, I concur with everything. I just, I totally agree with everything that the last caller said. There's, it's unsafe to be on the subway. The masks are just not there. And, you know, and then, of course, there's that Twitter um, thing that happened where um, you see some guy just attacking a woman and, and everybody in the subway car is just sitting there and there's somebody filming it. So, you know, it's, who wants so that? it's both. You're saying it's really both crime and yeah. COVID. And yeah. And, and here's another thing I wrote to you. I mean, the um, New York City has their Department of um, Election Poll Workers, right? So last year I worked as an election worker and we did our training over the Internet and you could get all your training and then you showed up. And, and unfortunately, at my polling place, the guy who led the the um, who managed our site wouldn't put a mask on until actual election, uh, you know, um, pollsters came in until voters came in. But that was one thing. They want us to retrain. And um, I'm saying, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely up for, for working for the election. Definitely want to work the election. I want. I don't want people standing in line. So now it's been four weeks since they told me that they will get it together so we could do our remote training. They said, you have to do your training again. We, even though it's been less than a year, we want you to revise your training. Okay, great. Can you come in for an in-person class? And the news was that the numbers were going up for COVID. Why would a New York City right. Board of Elections right. insist on happening? When you could do, do that um, retraining remotely before you went in person for the actual election. Interesting. Kathleen, thank you very much. So there's a little both and from Kathleen. Uh, people being crime victims on the subway, but also the subway – and even though I said this in the intro, the subway is the place where the COVID mask mandate is still in effect. But we've had two callers now saying people aren't masking all that reliably. Bradley in Manhattan, you're on WNYC. Hi, Bradley. Uh, thanks, Brian. I appreciate you taking my call. Um, so over the weekend, I actually got punched in the face while riding the subway. Oh. Uh, and it was, Randomly? And I, it was... Randomly, uh, it was it was unprovoked. I was I was standing in front of the doorway taking the train, and a guy came up to me and said, "Please move." And so I moved, and then he said, and then he turned around and said, "You still haven't moved." And then I I took one right in the nose. Um, 
uh, and the train the train stopped and uh, the MTA everybody scattered because I think everybody is on high alert riding the subway right now. Uh, and the MTA operator came over and said, "Do you want to press charges?" I said, "No, I kind of got places to be." And so, I, but I'm coming from it of the opinion that even before that happened, I still just have no interest in returning to an office place ever. Uh, and I think you summed it up perfectly by saying, who, who doesn't want to work in pajamas and comfy slippers mo most of the time versus having to do the, the drag of being a commuter into an office place? I mean, that just never is going to sound appealing to me ever again, regardless if I get assaulted on the subject. Wow, that's, that's very, very honest. Do you think something is lost either by you or by your colleagues or by your employer by a lot of people doing what you just described? Well, I, I don't want to, I don't want to make uh, assumptions about, about other, other people. I think, I think what has maybe been gained is this idea that we don't need to be constantly working in order to make a living. Or maybe this idea that we, that a work-life balance can exist even in a city like New York that's known for everybody constantly right. being on and constantly working. Right. Although I think you're not saying you're not doing your job as hard as before. You're just saying you're not spending as much time commuting as before. Right. I, I just I think I think you're able. Yes, a hundred percent. I think you're able to say that. Plus, I think you're able to say when you actually look at a, a day, like how you spend time in your day, you're able to get some of that time back when you don't have to commute, whether that's by the MTA, right. biking, driving, yeah. you can actually say, wow, I have, I have time for other things. Oh, and on top of that, I'm probably not going to get punched on the subway today. Yeah. Bradley, <laughs> th thank you for your call. Be safe out there or in there. Ezra in the Bronx around WNYC. Hi, Ezra. Hi, Brian. So, um, yes, I, I would, I work half and half, um, home at home sometimes and uh, have to, um, sometimes in the office. And my biggest reason is, yes, I'm scared of COVID. Yes, I'm scared of the danger and the, the crime in the train. But more than anything, like the last guy was saying, it's more about just being comfortable and being able to work in my own home, you know, also and having like a change of scene. Like, like, like the other guy kind of was saying, like, who wants to be in an office like five days a week at the same kind of like day, you know, and then getting up and like putting on annoying, like uncomfortable clothes to get to work. It's just nice, not even to be in your pajamas, but to get up sometimes and just drink some coffee and just wear whatever you want to wear. Like right now, like wearing my tank top and my shorts instead of having to put on some annoying suit and then working yeah. in a fluorescent lit like yeah. office. You I know, so you. for me. Um, mm -hmm. No, no, I was so just, for me, just acknowledging. Also cooking. Like I, I do not, I like to, I don't really like going out to eat too much. <laughs> I like to, to cook my own food. I, I like to think that I eat very healthy. So the fact that I don't have to bring my lunch with me and carry that extra weight on the train, and then I can just, like, go to the supermarket, buy my, like, vegetables, whatever it is, and then just cook in my house while I'm working, it's just nice. You know, it's an overall, like, Better ability experience. to relax. Yeah. 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 So, still get um, your work yes. done. Ezra, thank you so much. Here's one on Twitter. Uh, Yuko writes, artist here, multiple reasons. I am an Asian female. Two, my studio in the Midtown office area got deserted. I used to work odd hours at night. There have been multiple markings in the building, and the building management told me not to be working late. 
not sure what to do. So there are some other things. Um, one more. Ruth in Brooklyn. You're on WNYC. Hi, Ruth. Hi. I work for a retailer called Jam, J-A-M, and I've been with them for about 11 years. We used to have three stores on 3rd Avenue. I'm a graphic designer. I'm also a people person who loves dressing up and interacting with the customers. Uh-huh. And Ruth, I'm going to apologize. We've got 15 seconds left, so... Oh, commercial real estate. Commercial real estate couldn't afford the rent, and e-commerce is picking up. So there is no need to have brick and mortar. So did your employer just decide to disaggregate? Yeah. All the stores closed. We're making more money online and less money in the stores, actually losing money through the physical property. And there you go. Well, that was really interesting, I think. Uh, A real smattering of reasons. It's kind of all of the above. Uh, But maybe in there there's also a little, hey, Mayor Adams, don't forget about COVID. Mr. Doe, going on in your country right now in Vietnam is 4,000 little kids who are in quarantine camps away from their parents because of this fake scamdemic. And you come to my country and you act like one of these communist parasites? I ask you to go the f*** back to Vietnam. The pandemic threatened business districts across the country, but misguided fears and rhetoric about Asian Americans made things particularly hard for Chinatown neighborhoods. For this report, during Asian American and Pacific Islander Heritage Month, John Yang visited one of the nation's most well-known Chinatowns in New York City. It's part of our ongoing Race Matters series. Dim sum carts stacked with bamboo steamer baskets, bustling kitchens, board games in the park. These days, Manhattan's Chinatown looks a lot like its pre-pandemic self. It was very, very eerie. You can walk through the heart of the neighborhood with cookbook author Grace Young, and the scars of the pandemic are evident. This was a family-owned supermarket, and it closed during COVID. It had been there for years and years, and they just didn't have the business. As we come along, here is Lung Moon Bakery. This was the place to go for custard tarts, and their mooncakes were just out of this world. What else is lost when a business like that disappears? So it's not just about the wonderful food. It's about our memories. And so many people talk about the fact that they've been going to Lung Moon ever since they were a child. And I believe when you lose a place like Lung Moon, you lose a part of yourself. Young, known as the stir-fry guru, grew up going to San Francisco's Chinatown with her father, a Chinese-American liquor salesman. I grew up just loving that small-town feeling about Chinatown, that feeling of belongingness and home. But in the four decades she's lived in New York, Young says she had come to take this historic lower Manhattan neighborhood for granted. Because of my work, I would be in Chinatown once or twice a week, shopping for groceries, eating food. But I never introduced myself. I came and went and did my own thing. That all changed in early 2020 with the pandemic. Because of misinformation and xenophobia, people stopped coming to Chinatown. Young started sharing the struggles of mom-and-pop businesses on Instagram and Facebook and helped create two social media campaigns, hashtag Save Chinese Restaurants and hashtag Love AAPI. 
She launched a video project with a Korean-American videographer, Dan Ahn, for the New York Museum Poster House, telling the stories of Chinatown shop and restaurant owners. Business has dipped down even worse, and I can say that I'm down pretty much from 50 to 70 percent. It is time to take more dramatic measures. Hours after Young conducted those interviews, then New York City Mayor Bill de Blasio announced a citywide lockdown, bringing business to a virtual standstill. By 2021, a survey found that more than half of Asian-owned businesses in New York State reported that their revenue had dropped more than 75 percent. COVID, that's, this time it take really long for, for, for really serious, serious damage for, for our business. Dennis Chung was born in what was then called Saigon, and since 1995, he's owned Pasteur Grill and Noodles, a Vietnamese restaurant that's one of the many legacy Chinatown businesses that isn't Chinese. The downturn in business during the pandemic has put them behind on their rent, and today he's facing another challenge. It looks like the business back to the normal, but you don't forget one thing. Everything inflation right now, the, the price, everything is go up right now. This was his American dream, and COVID turned it into a nightmare. Chung's son, Tony, is getting his master's degree in biomedical science this summer and is applying to med school. Watching his dad struggle during the pandemic, he wanted to help, offering ideas about the decor and the menu and applying for federal aid. A lot of these businesses are owned by people who, who don't speak a word of English except maybe they know how to say some food items on their menu. So, you know, it's close to impossible for them to apply for, for PVP and all these, all these um, government grants. And on top of everything else, the Chungs, along with other residents and business owners, have had to deal with increased anti-Asian harassment. Sometimes I see people coming into our restaurant yelling slurs and just giving us trouble and you know I see my dad trying to be strong but I, I, I worry about him deep down. The history of American Chinatowns is rooted in racism as Chinese immigrants arrived in the mid-1800s to mine gold and build railroads. Cookbook author Grace Young. The Americans wanted cheap labor but even as they wanted cheap labor they did not want the Chinese to live among Americans. So the Chinese were segregated to live in their own ghettos. And that's how Chinatowns formed. Just as some made Asian Americans scapegoats in the early days of COVID, in the 19th century, they were unfairly blamed for smallpox outbreaks in some cities. Stanford University historian Gordon Chang. The Chinese became targeted uh, as a population that was not just undesirable in, in taste or in preference, but as biologically dangerous and thus uh, should be eliminated and moved out of the core of the city, uh, lock, stock and barrel moved into some corner or kept out of the country entirely. In recent decades, historic Chinatowns have faced new challenges like gentrification and an aging population. Vic Lee sees it in New York's Chinatown where she lives. The authenticity that is here comes from the residents, many of which are low income. And for them to be this integral part of the community, but also be unable to stay, this is what's really at risk for the authenticity of Chinatown and what it's going to look like. For Lee's late grandmother, Tai Mui Chang, who couldn't read or speak English, 
Chinatown was her piece of America. I have such fond memories of you know scooping rice into the rice bowls, carrying it back to the dinner table, and once she sat, we would all like bend our elbows and eat. And I actually I have a tattoo where it's uh, 135, which stands for her apartment building. During the pandemic, Lee co-founded the nonprofit Welcome to Chinatown, which has given almost $600,000 to small businesses. We are focused on uplifting our community's entrepreneurs because we know that they're what grounds this community. Are you optimistic about the future of Chinatown? I'm cautiously optimistic. There's still a lot more that needs to be done in this community. But where I am optimistic is seeing how much people care. And I'm, I'm, I'm really excited about that. Cookbook author Grace Young, recently recognized by both the James Beard and Julia Child Foundations for her work supporting Chinatowns, is still worried by what she sees on the streets of Chinatown. How do you feel when you see empty storefronts? It completely terrifies me. And I feel that we have to do everything in our power to save and protect Chinatown. Everyone has to do our part, and uh, history will thank us for that. For Young, her part is raising awareness across the country on social media, but it's also doing what she can for businesses in her own Chinatown. For the PBS NewsHour, I'm John Yang in New York. You know, usually you just put it in there and you just, you know, chill out for a few minutes and then it let us do its thing. But when you're broke, you can't do all that. You got to be watching this motherfucker because, you know, you got to pull it at the right time. Yep, that's it. And we good. You don't get to the crib. The van sitting outside the Whataburger parking lot looks a step or two up from an airport shuttle. Three riders climb inside for the 60-mile drive from Mobile, Alabama to their jobs at a VA medical center in Mississippi. See you later. They still have two more riders to pick up, so they need to leave shortly after sunrise. For nine years, Lori Bowen's been the van's primary driver. She sticks to two major rules, no politics and no religion. This is a nice hour drive, but it can be a monster if you get into a heated argument and you get to work and you're upset. While she drives, her coworkers like Tiffany Moore are free to do just about whatever they want. Sometimes we chat. I sleep mostly. Um, I'm known for sleeping. Enterprise says it's running about 8,000 van pools across the country. Small numbers compared to other mass transit options like buses. But while public transportation ridership dropped big during the pandemic, fewer people gave up their van pools. Now, Enterprise says its van pools are up more than 20% compared to last year. And a big part of that appeal, according to Bowen, is that high cost at the pump. Because if you go back and forth every day from here to Biloxi, it's a lot of gas mileage. If all this sounds a lot like carpooling, well, they're pretty similar. The main difference comes from drivers splitting the rental costs and sometimes getting a subsidy. In Bowen's case, her job covers both the rental and gas. We were doing that right out of high school, 18 years old. We were, we were carpooling. Kevin Coggin first got interested in vanpooling after he carpooled back in the 70s to a job at a Mississippi shipyard. We saw the advantage of it, the, the drive and the traffic. Why would you want to continue to do that if you had a, a choice not to? Decades later, the shipyard needed help after its workers were displaced by Hurricane Katrina. They turned to Coggin, now the head of Mississippi's Coast Transit Authority, and he still had that carpooling experience in the back of his mind. I said, uh, okay, well, cool. I get an opportunity to work to get a, a van pool going. Did it work? Absolutely, it worked. 
We were running, you know, probably 10, 15 vans. They just really needed it at the time. Today, Coggin partners with Enterprise to van pool workers into Mississippi from Louisiana, Alabama, and Florida. The numbers have gone up and down, but with a combo of gas prices and a tight labor market making employers desperate to recruit workers from further off, Coggin says van pooling's having a big moment. We're adding two, three van pools a month for the last couple of months. It's really catching on again. Enterprise believes the number of van pools will eventually double or even triple. But the company admits van pooling will likely stay a niche part of its business. One challenge Coggin runs into comes from people worrying about needing a car for emergencies. It's like, what if what if I'm at work at the shipyard and my wife's sick or my kid's sick, got, got hurt, I need to leave. He offers a simple solution, free emergency rides. You know how often they use it? Enterprise may have told you this, never. There's also another problem that's not as easy to solve, finding drivers. The van pool for Mobile makes it to the Biloxi VA with about 15 minutes to spare. Thanks again. Shane Pierce took the wheel today, so Lori Bowen didn't have to talk and drive. She's planning on retiring in a year or so. But while Pierce doesn't mind driving from time to time, he's not interested in taking over. You're in charge of all the maintenance of the van, Venice tires, Venice oil changes, all that stuff. So it's a lot of responsibility Lori has, and uh, we appreciate her. Yeah, and it sounds like you like it for almost the lack of responsibility you have. <laughs> exactly. You know, you can just jump in there and just put your earbuds in and just chill out, close your eyes and wake up. Time to go to work. Pierce ended up waiting a year and a half to get his schedule to line up to join this van pool. And once it did, he called Bowen right away. He says driving on your own dime gets pricey. For the Gulf States Newsroom, I'm Stephen Basaha. In Fresno Unified, black students make up about 8% of the school district, but black educators make up less than 5%. The lack of representation is an issue students in the district are highlighting in the wake of recent racist incidents. KVPR's Sarith Hawk reports on how the district is addressing those concerns. Fresno Unified trustee Keisha Thomas says racism on district campuses is nothing new. But the way students have mobilized in the last few weeks has made her feel proud. Just for finding their voice, you know, it takes a lot of courage. Speaking from her office in downtown Fresno's old security bank building, Thomas had just returned from a lunch with the Black Student Union at Edison High School, the area she represents. For the first time um, ever, I think that Everybody hears the kids. On May 6, hundreds of students representing Edison and Bullard marched downtown in response to a widely shared social media photo of a Bullard High student wearing what looked like a KKK hood. They had an agenda. They had a map of where they would walk and how they would get there. They had parents bringing them across town so that they could be a part. You know, that was a historical moment. Students have reported an increase in racial harassment since the photos circulated and other racist social media accounts were also discovered. At a Fresno Unified board meeting following the protests, Bullard's BSU president, Tatiana Asbury, said her school didn't do enough to respond to the incident. Literally the second day after all this happened, no one asked us if we were okay or if we really like, like, 
were like actually felt comfortable to go back to school. And One of Asbury's main concerns was safety, addressing threats of violence and bullying at school. While going to school, I've had students like say things towards me specifically and like say the n-word towards me and point and smile at me. Trustee Thomas says representation was a major topic of discussion at her lunch with Edison students. That was one of their asks. Can you have more people that look like me? These are really important conversations to make sure our African-American students and our students of color um, and just most vulnerable students in general are really being prioritized and um, protected in this moment. That's newly elected trustee Andy Levine. We're at a coffee shop just across the street from Fresno High, the area he represents. When you see yourself in your, um, in your, in your teacher or your mentor, then I think it, it just opens up a lot of different conversations. And he says the district is making an active effort to hire a more diverse staff. Fresno Unified was just awarded a $12 million grant from the California Commission on Teacher Credentialing to expand its teacher residency program starting in June. There may also be additional funding to hire more diverse counselors, too. Levine says this grant will have a specific focus on black educators. I don't think there's been an explicit intentionality around um, uh, addressing uh, underrepresentation of African-American teachers in Fresno Unified. So this, this is the first time, this, this component of the new grant would be, I believe, the first time that we've done that, and I'm really proud that we're um, taking that step. But Keisha Thomas questions whether that will be enough to meet the needs of Fresno Unified students. We need to be able to have sufficient funds to train them. We need to have sufficient funds to be able to help them move. There, there's so many and thens. You know, how much is $12 million really going to um, help our district when we have a billion dollar budget? According to Levine, a lot. The grant could lead to hiring 48 potential new teachers for Fresno Unified over the next five years. And in the meantime, Thomas says students have learned to lead their own way including voicing their needs with the administration. Well, they're telling the adults <laughs> that they that we, you know, hey, you look like you need help. So here, let me help you. Let me tell you what we need. With graduation coming up, many of the students who are leading the movement will be off to college soon. But the work doesn't end with their departure. Thomas says students discussed ways to stay involved even after they leave campus. That includes building a mentorship pathway so that they can work with students still in Fresno Unified. There's so many different ways for us to be able to communicate now that it, it, it doesn't make sense for them just to be gone to college and then nothing happens. Thomas says soon it will be the next class of student leaders pushing for representation and accountability. For KVPR News, I'm Suri Hawk. La 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 We're in the army now, we're not behind the plow We'll never get rich while digging a ditch, we're in the army now As we approach Memorial Day weekend, the military cemetery that I drive by from time to time has a flag by every grave And there's huge news for veterans, vets made sick by toxic exposures will get VA coverage through a bill that is slated to pass next month. NPR's Quill Lawrence reports it's going to be a bittersweet moment. Vietnam vets were exposed to a carcinogenic herbicide, Agent Orange, as early as 1962. The Department of Veterans Affairs has acknowledged some of their illnesses as service-connected in the six decades since. In this last decade, Rosie Torres got involved. For my husband, 
13 years ago, I made him a promise as they were wheeling him into the operating table to have his lung biopsy. Her husband, Leroy, had deployed to Iraq and lived next to a massive field of burning trash. Back home, he had unexplained breathing problems and headaches, but the VA told him it wasn't related. The Torres family started the Burn Pit Registry in 2010. Hundreds of thousands of vets signed up, and a few years later, the VA made an official government registry of vets who believe burn pits made them sick. Over the past decade, veterans' organizations pressured Congress. Go back to your district and dig a 10-acre pit. Advocates included comedian John Stewart. Here he is at a House hearing in January. And then burn that pit 24 hours a day, seven days a week. But tell your constituents, don't worry, 15 years from now, we're going to convene a panel to discuss whether or not the health issues that you're having are in your head or not. Despite some concerns about the cost, veterans' health appears to be one of the few bipartisan spaces left in Washington. A Senate compromise has produced a comprehensive $200 billion bill that will cover toxic exposures from Iraq, Afghanistan, the Gulf War, and Vietnam. Secretary of Veterans Affairs Dennis McDonough described it. The bill that has now been agreed to will be arguably the biggest expansion of authority here at VA in our history. For Rosie Torres, it's bittersweet. Leroy is still struggling. He's on oxygen 24 hours a day now. So I can't give a prognosis, but you know, I don't want to go by the medical books. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, I'd rather live just day by day. But she says this comes too late for others she can name. Veteran activists who died just months ago. Marine vet Kate Hendricks Thomas. National Guardsman Wesley Black and Sergeant First Class Heath Robinson, for whom the bill is named. How do you celebrate something, you know, that you've been fighting for for so long, but, but you really know that that victory validates that none of those deaths were in vain once this bill passes? President Biden is expected to sign the bill into law as early as next month. Quill Lawrence, NPR News. Gloria, thank you. New here at 6, a man from Orange County has decided to sue his former employer, and allege racial discrimination. Christopher Vickers, who is black, says he was fired from Bison Specialty Services after reporting, quote, frequent and offensive racial discrimination. He worked at the turnaround and maintenance solutions business for more than two years. According to the lawsuit, Vickers' supervisor frequently made jokes about people of color, including African-Americans. Vickers says it was not just his boss. According to court documents, quote, white employees fed off each other's laughter concerning jokes about African-Americans. Gus T. Renegade, context of white supremacy, in for another broadcast, hopefully to share constructive information on the system of white supremacy. Today's date, Friday, June 3, 2022. So I have been told, took me a moment to get my headset together. We are rolling. Worst Friday ever. Man. Worst Friday ever. Neutralizing workplace racism. And for another broadcast, hopefully to share constructive information on the system of white supremacy. Uh, If you have, if we have any listeners, if you have figured out, hey, you do not have white colleagues 
who feed off each other's laughter. Now, I did get a little bit discombobulated hearing that again because, I mean, hey, somebody does have a hankering for racist jokes that has been talking about that and hear that pop up once again in a workplace racism context. How about that? They fed off of each other. Oh, fed. That almost sounds like, what is that book in the top ten? Delectable Negro. Anywho, but if you don't worry about any of that, your co-workers do not sit around, ridicule, make you the butt of their jokes. That doesn't happen. Everybody is professional. They might, you know, hee hee, ha ha, ho ho, from time to time, but it's nothing racial, no fried chicken, no watermelon, nothing of the kind. Everything is G-rated and professional. Never you never have to think now wait a minute did they was that some kind of fried chicken hmm never you get all your bonuses you get all your raises all of your performance reviews and they are spectacular every time if you need time off easy they give you a gas card we talked about that they don't do any of that foolishness ask you to do this and do that pick up this child and run this errand and do this oh well maybe we'll we'll see if we can you know kick you down a few nickels you know your gas no it's harder than that they get you a gas card or bring us the receipt we will compensate you in a timely manner you will not be waiting around five months five years you bring us the receipt or a photo of the receipt I'm a big advocate workplace anything that's business immediately take a photograph of the receipt I think that is best uh, if you lose it any all kinds of things can happen it could be wind anything it can even be damaged sometimes where they're not able to scan it where you did keep it so take a photograph I think especially for business purposes that way you also have an immediate and probably pretty solid copy uh, where if you you know get it immediately enough they can probably still scan the barcode from your uh, phone type thing anywho um, but yeah if you you know don't have all those problems you get your gas card in advance so they compensate you when you bring your receipt all the rest of it you feel like hey I'm treated well I'm valued as a member of this business association whatever it is I can stay here and advance my career for as long as I want if that is you please let us know how did you accomplish this share some of the details the number 720-716-7300 the code 564-943-POUND press star 61 if you would like to participate number again seven two zero seven one six seven three hundred the code five six four nine four three pound press star six one if you would like to participate the email if you do not want to be heard would rather share until justice at gmail dot com can keep you anonymous if you have questions or contributions uh, that you would like to share again until 
justice at gmail.com. We will share your commentary as we move through. And again, uh, COVID-19 updates anywhere in the world. In fact, uh, if you're in a work environment, you're self-employed, whatever it happens to be, let us know. Are they taking it serious? Are they done with all that? I know in some places they have returned to mask mandates uh, here in the States uh, because of increasing COVID-19 numbers uh, in some different locations. So I guess it kind of depends as has been the case for most of this kind of depends on where you are, uh, what the response is, but let us know uh, what are you doing? Is all the vaccine? Is that done? Are they still talking about that in the workplace? My view is still, I would not discuss any of that with your colleagues, white or non-white. Anywho, let's see a few quick things. And then we will get to folks who dialed in wrote in. Number one, I just I think it is significant uh, once again. So the Buffalo top shooting was on May 14. Three days before that. We were supposed to have a non-white guest on the program. Professor Danielle King. Remember, she even graduated from Spelman HBCU. She was going to talk to us about workplace racism. She reneged, called in didn't even explain in fact we had listeners who emailed her to ask WTF what happened we were looking forward to hearing from you how did you just leave I didn't even hear that she responded to them that's three days before the shooting in East Buffalo I'm the type of person that looks at patterns in 2015 basically three weeks before Dylan Storm Roof's terrorist attack Gus T. Freelance journalist was told by a so-called black publication we are moving away from hard-hitting race pieces approximately 21 days before Dylan Storm Roof's attack now I did ask what exactly does that mean? Metaphor for sure. Hard hitting race pieces. Those are going to be two of my memories for life. About now, how serious do I think non white people, victims of racism, are about solving this problem? Anyway, uh, with in that same vein, this broadcast is not for spectators with regards to COVID-19, really, and everything else. There are way more spectators with this specific broadcast. And I would say this is one. That is the only reason we broke a rule in even inviting Danielle King to the program to begin with. The rule is, for many counter-racist reasons, white guests only I only wanted to talk because I think it's so important there's so few resources on racism in the workplace hey let's try if she's talking about this let's try to get information in that same vein metaphor man too many spectators like if you are listening even to the archives and way more people listen to the archives 
we come on at the same time every week Friday 8 p.m. Eastern 5 p.m. Pacific we've come on at the same time for years there is no excuse to be confused or anything else about when we broadcast and specifically for neutralizing workplace racism you could email in just a sentence COVID-19 in your workplace that is important super important not just to listen but to also not spectate participate contribute what are you seeing in your workplace even how are you applying counter racism oh that's important too but at minimum COVID-19 that's something I think we should be making sure let's not lose track of all that very serious and we can get input from lots of folks in a large number of areas around the globe so no spectating please share have to beg on that email again until justice at gmail.com now the report WNYC New York Public Radio they started talking about why are people still working from home give you know the whole gambit of reasons the very first person that called in Mayor Adams black male they said that he got elected because we were afraid of a competent female leader like what what are you talking like I don't even know what you're talking about like you'd have to come back to even explain like and, and lots of detail you gotta be talking about a white woman like nobody in the universe is afraid of a non-white female like you gotta be joking Whoopi Goldberg are you serious Michelle Obama they call her a gorilla every day even when she was first lady you got to be talking about a white woman. So they were afraid of having a white woman, a competent white woman as mayor. And so they picked a black man. Are you serious? It almost reeks like you're saying there's some sort of black male privilege. Get out of here next or give me lots of evidence in detail. Like, are you see even the host Brian Lair had to say something about that. Like, are you serious? anyway so they do all this uh, why are people working from home blah 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 speaking of black male privilege now it can be real challenging it's not reliable to just listen from voices and try and make a distinction about racial classification I did not get the impression that that was a lot of Al Sharptons who were working from home I could be totally wrong I certainly didn't hear anybody who identified it I'm a black male I'm chilling. Like I don't why are you working from home? What a, I'm a black male. No other reasons needed. Cuz they had someone who dialed in and she said I'm Asian. That was her first reason. Get it. Victim of white supremacy. I get it. But it just didn't sound like they had a lot of black people, even black females, really. I could be wrong on that too, but it didn't sound like they had a lot of black people who were chilling at home and man, I don't want to go back out racist colleagues and they feed off each other's laughter I didn't hear that they've been saying uh, the disposable workers essential workers lots of uh, dark people who are not allowed able to stay work from home uh, let's see the segment on Chinatown I know like ADOS and other folks just say hey 
uh, I'm classified as black and so-called Asian people are not, you know, friendly or they do not support black people and all the rest of it. Uh, Latasha Harlins, pick out as many cases as you like. Akai Gurley, uh, non-white people do not like non-white people. No one likes anybody. That's not what we have in the system of racism, white supremacy. All of that said, so-called Asian people are also non-white. And I think a lot of what I heard was white supremacy racism. Um, it comes from China and all that. They said people are coming in and shouting racist slurs. That was one. I think if they could have been anti-black and be like, oh, it's Negroes who have been doing it, I think they would have been specific about that. I suspect it's probably a lot of race soldiers, usual suspects, going around and terrorizing uh, so-called Asian business owners, non-white people uh, in New York, probably happening in other places, just based on what you heard at the beginning. That sound clip back in California when they were shouting at Asian people, go back to Vietnam, communism, and crowd burst into applause. Uh, let's see. The segment in Fresno. Uh, I thought it was important because they talked about the lack of black educators, but they got about halfway through the segment, and I totally recognize, you know, children activism, long history uh, of black children doing their will to fight against racism, white supremacy. All of that said, like I got about halfway into it when she was like, this is a hist they're talking about this is a historic moment and the parents brought the children from over here and blah 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 and all this stuff. I was like, wait a minute, is this segment about the teachers? Like the lack of teachers and what are they gonna do about this? Or is this like like I'm really I'm not about, you know, celebration and all that for anything. We don't do pause and cheer for Gus T or anything really. I mean, you know, it's a terrible situation. Uh, I'm just fast forward to what are we going to do to get more teachers? And the reason that I think that's important is because they said we got this big grant. Now we have money to diversify our staff, to bring in diversity into the classroom. Pause right there. Now that and particularly in California, not that this couldn't be done elsewhere, but that alone, like, ooh, we, we're going to end up with some elderly white people, some white women, some LGBTQ, I, transgender, all of the in between white people in a wheelchair, white people with long COVID, like all of that. And then wait a minute. What are we trying to get some black edge? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we, we got, we got, yep, yep, of course. But in the meantime, this uh, is Susan. Pronouns are exal, wa, and you, and going through her uh, transformative uh, period. Is it not her anymore? Wa is going through transformative procedures. Yes. The black educators? Are we Got that. That happens frequently with diversity. I mean, if all of this, if we got to talk about the children and praise them again, that's not to be belittled them going out and doing all this marching and walking out of class and these this is what we want and we need us reflecting and again it's 2022 i've been saying that with the buffalo killings hey putting things in context in my view it is embarrassing to have to say in 2022 to a white person as though they don't know it has an impact for a black child to see a black educator We've talked about this. They've done the data and studies on this for decades. They already know this. 
that's reflected in the report because when they went and talked to some of the white staff he had to volunteer to say hey now we did not explicitly keep black teachers out really really talk about lies my white teacher told me I said James Lowen put the wrong title on the book there's a reason he didn't come on the cows that's the case for many people not just Danielle King we didn't do this on purpose keep the niggers out but we are going to be intentional about black, bringing black people in well if that's the case why because they had to say diversity repeatedly why didn't we say hey we got this budget to bring black educators to Fresno not diversity we're not going to pull away from this in any way shape form it's going to be specific as specific as we are with Asian Pacific Islander and all the rest of it anti-Asian hate crimes and all the rest we're going to be specific black educators and then let's see how you do timetable and all the rest of it because I've seen people classified as white when they're serious about something there is a timetable this is the schedule of events by whatever it is the start of the 2023 academic year we should have number of black educators and this is the goal of doing it whether we're going to do career fairs at HBCUs or whatever they know how to do and again it's 2022 it's not like this is a brand new problem COVID-19 struck and then did you know we don't have any nigger teachers come on man that's about as bad as not knowing about Joseph Christopher white people don't know this okay Uh, mm -mm -mm -mm. let's see the segment about uh, gas and the commute gas astronomical prices right now I know for lots of folks uh, where commuting can be challenging anyway now having to commute and pay all of that like oof. so absolutely if you can have any sort of carpool or anything else uh, that can aid uh, in that make it a little bit less costly uh, and still kind of efficient to get you to and from work I loved it loved it loved it when they talked about having a code oh man we are not gonna get in this here van for the next 45 minutes 60 minutes whatever it is and just willy-nilly talk about anything politics and religion and all that and get the fussing and fighting and get to work and be mad all day and no politics and if they figured that out for the van ride man that should apply double for the workplace because we're going to be confined here for eight hours and fuss and fight all day long for eight hours and then come in tomorrow and do the same no way no pain you heard that's simple that's not a long speech that's not anything crazy apparently this is kind of a widespread thing where people have figured out in order to minimize conflict we will just avoid some of these contentious issues politics religion racism no problem and we just get on down the road in fact I love it even more we heard a number of folks that hey I just get on and go to sleep or I just get on and put my earbuds in 
don't have to talk at all don't even need a code we can just ride inside in fact that's what I would do if you are not driving put your earbuds in immediately oh hey everybody morning 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 said okay all right let's drive safely click click buckle up and bam earbud if they're not already in when you get into the vehicle not here to chit chat about nothing certainly not for an hour you gotta be joking earbuds in that way they can't be asking me a whole lot of questions let's see but the gas thing either way even if it's with white people because I think we did say we have some people if anybody is doing that definitely share email in that's what I mean there's so many things can't be spectating we have anybody that is doing van pool ride share anything like that companies providing it or you all worked it out independently let us know because I think that's something that could could save you some money or if you don't like to drive and you want to be the one that's you know just getting a ride or what have you hey save you all that time and energy of having to drive you can just put those earbuds in get on your tablet or whatever break out your phone and do some work or sleep whatever it is save some coin as well uh, the segment about the uh, military and the expanded medical coverage compensation really for uh, soldiers who were poisoned uh, in various campaigns they just had tacky uh, Memorial Day uh, I was thinking there have to be uh, large numbers of black people non-white people period uh, who were exposed to who knows what and have since passed on and so they won't even get to benefit uh, from these so-called expanded benefits and I was thinking we just talked about hey this is a career option right has been for a number of our listeners right Irie and many others even uh, Scotty Reed Black Talk Radio Network Mr. Fuller lots of folks uh, what would you say and I think we were saying hey you should be very aware so that you can make the most informed choice choice possible this means hey I don't want to hear a whole lot of lip about that vaccine or anything else shut up roll up your arm and let's get to it once you put your name on the line you're enlisted you signed up if you get exposed to agent orange agent Q COVID-52 hey those are the risks you already knew that maybe we tell you about it maybe we don't maybe we wait 15 years like they said you better hope you can get Jonathan Stewart some white comedian spend a little time with you maybe we'll get this problem addressed maybe we won't maybe we'll get it addressed before you die maybe we won't just want to be able to make an informed choice about what you're going to do Uh, let's see the teachers and yes they fed off each other's laughter that's you know delectable negro save that for another day uh, let's see I'll get in one email and then we will get to the callers let's see email that I whoop, 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 get back let's see uh, one email that I forgot uh, from last week where we did get a COVID-19 update important uh, one of our investors writes in greetings Gus number one the number of hospitalized COVID-19 patients has fallen I believe to the lowest number since the beginning of the pandemic this is based on personal observation and some public data co-workers are still testing positive but do not appear to require hospitalization I have heard about a lot of people what are referred to as long hauler symptoms 
These are people who have gotten over the acute infection but are disabled by chronic symptoms. Headaches, confusion, brain fog, dizziness, body tingling, chest pains, shortness of breath, to name a few which appear to be quite disabling and not much can be done about it. There is some speculation locally that another surge is expected in July or in the fall. Number two, the hospital mask mandate is still in effect. Recently, a visitor got into an altercation with security because of refusal to wear a mask. I do not know the racial classification of the individual. Mask wearing in the community is no longer required and most do not wear one. I continue to mask in public venues, which for me is primarily the grocery store or large stores such as Walmart. Shout to John Crawford the third. Number three, I am eligible to get the second booster but have not done it. I am waiting until the fall to make a decision when improved, more effective vaccine options may be available. I suspect I will treat COVID like getting the flu shot I get every year. Employees can still opt out of the COVID vaccine by signing a perfunctory religious exemption document. Remember when all that hubbub and then seemed like that vanished so quickly. They had the Supreme Court decision and, you know. Number four, my impression is that my coworkers who are mostly suspected racists act as if they have put the pandemic behind them, going to restaurants and employer sponsored outing to baseball games, air travel, food, carry-ins, weddings, etc. That I, it seems to be lots of folks like, yeah, COVID schmovid. That's old news. We're done with that, right? <laughs> like, uh, and well, like depending on where you are, because some places they have reinstituted mask mandates but it does seem like there is a lot of that and eh, it's old news we're done with that <laughs> crazy times much obliged for the update uh, until justice at gmail dot com if you have commentary questions to share or suggestions I'll say I guess questions too but anywho uh, let's see star six one for folks uh, who have commentary to share Bay Area mom yes ma'am thank you technical difficulties thank you for taking my call greetings to everyone Um, oh my nose um subway subway and mass um so uh in the beginning, they um, you did a um, segment um, where they were talking about everyone should wear masks on the subway, and uh, I think I think so too because they're real they're they're real relaxed out here with the masks. You see a lot of no masks, especially in places like well, the bus. The buses they're not. I haven't been on the uh the, the trains or anything, but on the public transportation they they they're wearing the mask. Um but since they have that option, some people aren't and there's not a lot of mandates like it being mandatory and I just it is unsafe it seems because you're standing up a lot of times, especially during um commute hours. Kinda awful. Um Oh, and then the training um, 
for um, what is that? The election um, polls setting it up and stuff, and how the trainers—they're not even wearing masks until it's actually open day, or when you know everyone is coming. You know, the day before, the day of. Um, a lot of people, since they have that choice, a lot of people are not wearing masks. And I think he probably only did it because, you know, nobody's going to really say anything. They'll only whisper about it or talk about it, you know, in these forms. But nobody's going to say, hey, sir, you got your mask not safe. They're not going to do that because I'm sure he's not. He's white. So, um, they, I guess they have that right. It is kind of unsafe, but if they have that right, the people that don't like, um, being told what to do, they're not going to wear that. So it's, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. They're going to have to shut the place back down and get some order in order to get everyone back to, um, compliance. Um, the lack of teachers in Fresno, California. Um, yeah, I bet they don't really, I guess it's good they have grants. They got the large grant, but they're not going to spend it to make it, um, desirable to, for people to want to be in Fresno and teach. And then the, with the mask mandates, everything is so relaxed. The kids aren't wearing the mask and they don't have to. Uh, nobody, there's a lot of adults not wearing masks. They don't have to. Um, and they don't pay anything. Fresno, they don't pay any money. I wouldn't teach. You'd have to give me a house and a couple of other things, groceries, in order for me to teach in Fresno. Um, and, yeah, I like when you said uh, they should... Uh, kind of base it more on what are we going to do to get more teachers to teach here. So um, we'll see what happens with that grant money. I'll keep up with uh, Fresno. It's so dusty. I'll keep up with Fresno, though, um, and see how it works. Uh, my workplace racism, real quick, is uh, it's just, uh, well, I have one more week of school, and then there's no more school. Um, today is Wednesday. No, today is not Wednesday. Wednesday was the last day that I picked up the Spanish boy. Okay, so today is Friday, so I didn't tell you. Okay, so the Spanish boy, I, okay, so I told my supervisor, whomever that I talk to every week to give a rundown on everything, so... Prior to that, I told her that, you know, we were um, riding. And then the next week, before I had my next meeting, uh, the super, the head of the um, behavior, uh, the head of special needs sent me an email. I think before that, I got an email from um, my, uh, the person that I report to to give her a rundown on the her kids, and she emailed whatever I had emailed her. E- whatever I emailed to her, she emailed to someone else that I've never heard of, and we were just all collaborating on the threes. And then wherever it went, uh, I guess I guess I need some kind of 
field trip paper. It's it's more paperwork than that for me to uh, escort this kid because of uh, whatever could happen to him as far as accidents or uh, anything. So I guess that was hard for him. It, it and I guess everybody at the school because he wasn't able to. Um, he hasn't been able to do. He won't be a well. If someone goes to pick him up, maybe he'll be able to get uh, um, graduate. He's not going to catch the Bart, and um, I haven't. I didn't sit yesterday, so he's definitely not catching the Bart anywhere. And then he would have to get a ride to the Bart in the morning. Um, and the uh, foster mother, the way she set up, she was already telling me that it takes her fifteen minutes. She has to leave her kids for fifteen minutes in order to pick him up from the bar station. Um, since I don't bring him home. Um, so in the mornings, I don't know if he's not going to want to get up that early to do all of that moving around. So the reason why he doesn't like to catch the BART, um, Gus, is because he, he does, he's not going to want to get up like that to think to make his way to, uh, San Leandro. To um, he says when it goes the tunnel, I guess the tunnel. So the under the tunnel. Oh, where is the tunnel? When is the tunnel? Maybe the tunnel for him is where Walnut Creek. I haven't rolled the part in a minute, but I know you're going under the tunnel downtown Oakland and um, all the way until you get to Fruitvale. So he says that noise bothers him. Um, the noise. Uh, I, when I say the noise, I mean whatever it does when you're going underground, maybe like a pilot, maybe it's like being on an airplane or something like that. So he doesn't like that feeling. And then once he gets to the bar, he has to walk from the bar to his school, which I heard is like maybe a 10-minute walk. And um, that's why he doesn't want to catch the bar. And since he has rights, her, his social worker, for his lawyer, though that's kind of how he uses it when things he doesn't want to do. So he'll say no. He only um, did the part riding it back, going, going home because he didn't have no other option because I, I was picking him up until I didn't pick him up yesterday because I couldn't. So I couldn't pick him up today either. So, and then by the time you get whatever clearance, school will be out because he graduates on Tuesday, so I don't know. But I just think it should have been together better than that because he ended up the loser while all the other adults, they just call the shots and live their lives. They don't know how that will damage. And you wonder why the kids are truants and the kids do do um, things that disrupt others. It's because you fail them. And... um you don't stand by it. It's okay to make mistakes, but that should have been done better than that, and this wouldn't have happened like this. So that was the whole thing when I asked, why would you pull him out of school right before school ends? He could, I don't care if he did request to be transferred. You can say, yes, I'll find you another home. I'm sorry, you, you know, it's not working out with over here. As soon as school is out, you can move. Give me till school is out. 
so you can graduate from here, and, and then that's it. Because he still ended up going to the same school, but he's, commu- you know, commuting him with me, or he was. So it it, it could have been done differently. But then, too, he kind of gave up on school, and there were all the adults as well. And I was the only one, because we had this two-hour meeting, and out of all the people saying whatever they were saying, it was 16 of them on there. And with all these people saying whatever they had to say, I'm the only person that said something that he wanted to hear. So even with our wives, I can tell them, um, like he called this, uh, <laughs> I was talking to my supervisor, whomever this teacher is, this Asian, and he might be um, um, some kind of homosexual. And... um we don't. She doesn't know, but uh, that might be the reason why the kids don't respect him. Maybe because none of the kids he has a well, not none of them. The majority of the children give him a hard time verbally, and he's uh, one of them. So I could tell him, oh, okay, look, do this, 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 this. Okay, well, the same way you just did that. Okay, can you keep it up? We only got such such more days. So okay, okay. Well, he's annoying. You know, I know. Okay, it's good. It's good. I like him. I, I totally adore the teacher. So he called the girl. <laughs> the teacher had sent an email saying he he was pretty good that day. But he called the girl. This girl, um, she has green hair, though. Uh, Pinche Bruja. <laughs> so uh, I was like, okay, don't call. Okay, figure out how you don't call nobody that kind of name in front of nobody. So she called me um, a witch first. And then I was like, it's, it's it's okay, it's okay, just figure out a way to not do all that to where you get in trouble, please. So I can't, I can say no name calling, but that's not, because that's not what I did. I still have a problem, but I could just say, I don't want to keep hearing from the adult, so you just, no name calling, getting caught, bothering nobody, upsetting nobody, because that's how the kids play, too. They'll say everything. Anyway, that's my work place racism. Thank you for taking my call and um, I'll mute my line. Much obliged Bay Area mom. Uh, you're right down there so yes, keep keep tabs on the uh, Fresno situation. Uh, how many teachers do they have? The school year is ending. And see, that's even slick too, right? They do the support now. It's June. School year doesn't start back up until September, man. Like folks be then forgot those students. Like, I don't know if they're uh, graduating or, you know, moving on with their academic career. But I mean, man, by the time September comes, like we moved on and COVID has come and all kinds of other things that we're thinking about. People have forgotten about that totally. Like, oh, yeah, we were supposed to get Negra teachers. Yeah. So, yes, uh, keep up with it. And uh Yes, maybe we can all kind of keep an eye on what's happening down with black teachers in uh, Fresno. Uh, let's see. Incidentally, uh, as a former Bay Area resident myself, I'm trying to think. Like uh, Fruitvale Station, shout to Oscar Grant. I'm trying to think. Like, I guess, yeah, it does go underground before it even gets to the Bay. Like you were saying, like Oakland, that's uh, all that's underground. Like, I don't remember it being like oppressive like the noise in the tunnel I guess it does 
I mean, it's not quiet. It's not totally silent. Um, and I know definitely when you go under the bay, there is some kind of ear popping kind of, you know, effect, maybe even before you get under the, the bay. But that doesn't seem like a... That doesn't seem like a reasonable justification to like not use this as a mode of transportation to go to school. Like when you were about to say the walk, I was like, oh, it's probably like a 10 mile walk or something or a five mile walk or something crazy. She said, it's a 10 minute walk. It's like, oh, that's. I think that's reasonable. Is that not reasonable for for like, I don't know, maybe for for the young folks nowadays, 10 minutes is not a reasonable walk. Like, uh, I don't know if it wasn't school. If it was alrighty, so 14 year old Gus, you have to get on the BART. Hopefully, you will not have an Oscar Grant situation. Get off the BART, 10 minute walk, and you'll be at the beach. Man, I would have been there every day. Like, you could even expand it to 30 minute walk. Like, you got to take the BART and then 30 minute walk, and you'll be at the beach. Every day. And that kind of is the Bart like man that's what I was saying before like that is absurd like why what is it man like if he had said Fruitvale Station you know I saw the movie like, I got it I got it. let me ride with you let's you know total yeah terrorism I got it but that is just like come on that I mean lame white staff to enable like they get you in so many ways like just passing you along rubber stamp a there blah 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 you could have white people they come and you know fuss at us all the time like hey man that is not acceptable you're going to get on this bus and get to school like it is not acceptable to just say you know you know it's too long of water we're going to grow up be a man want to be and don't you want to be independent the bet you could take the bart and be at the golden state warriors game like what is wrong with you (laughs) like i don't Unless he's just pulling our leg, unless this is just his school. If you're like, oh yeah, I can't take it. Yeah, that's you know, that's crazy. Uh, yeah. And then as soon as school is done, like, oh yeah, I'm going to the running. Whoa, let's go to Embarcadero and everything. Like, okay, I got it, I got it. Um, because yeah, that just doesn't make sense to me, like at all. Walnut Creek, I get is a little bit on the further side, I guess. East, gotta go further east to get to Walnut Creek, but even still, like, eh. Anywho, uh. With regards to, let's speak out the teachers, the young fella, all of the tackiness at the end of the year, that too, like uh, all of that counts. Like white people could operate all of this in a much more efficient manner for everybody, for the black teachers, black students, non-white students, for everybody. They don't do that. Why in the name of goodness are we moving somebody at the end of the academic year? Like let them finish the year out. They have exams and all that other stuff. And sometimes they have all those tacky rituals. I'm not into all that, but I mean, they have like uh, the end of the year, like games. And sometimes they have like a cookout or like I know uh, the school in California. They had a flipping carnival on the lat, like a bounce house and everything. They had a rock climbing wall and all kinds of craziness. Like, man, let them be, you know, part of they got some friends. Let them hang out and enjoy all that. Eh. Like total, just disrupt everything. All right, new school. You can go here for the last five days, and then who knows what happens in September? Like, come on. Uh, as for the little fella and the the name calling, I love it. Uh, just try because I mean that starts at such a young age. All of that 
hostility uh, towards other non-white people generally um, to just try and minimize that as best you can uh, and I mean even putting it on, on terms that they can understand like hey you can look most of the time the person that is retaliating gets in trouble just pay attention yeah I know they called you something yeah I know they said you look like a witch and all that and that probably happens a lot but if you pay attention generally they get the person who is responding they don't hear the first thing it'll be they hear the second or third or fifth thing and that's who gets in trouble not responding even tell, not responding generally not all the time but generally people can get worn out like if you're not saying anything oh, you called me oh, you. you're not doing anything. yeah 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 okay, going about my business that gets kind of boring like we like picking on people who are going to get upset about it or whine or do something but yeah that's maturity and the young folks but I love trying to encourage that at a young age It uh, they learn us so young to be hostile and get in that Fred Sam you big dummy heathen they start us young conditioning has been conditioned much obliged Bay Area mom we'll all watch Fresno the number again is 720-716-7300. The code 564-943-POUND. Press star 61 if you would like to participate again, not for spectators. Uh, let me get in an email as we are chugging along here. Alrighty, different email. All right, female victim of racism. Uh, she has the uh, has the white supervisor with the uh, I guess non-white subordinate. I guess we'll say who like sabotages her and all the rest of it. Seems like this is her assignment from her white woman race soldier. So she writes in, "Hi Gus, I am making a conscious effort to observe the way my manager operates in the workplace." She is the laziest person I've come across in the organization, yet she somehow manages to take time off pretty much every week as flexi time owed for excess hours worked. We have been working together since February. Whilst I have not been counting, it seems to me she has only done a few five-day weeks which therefore means it's impossible for her to continuously accrue flexi. I do not intend to report her, but it's made more intentional about ensuring I look after my well-being and take my time back if I work overtime. Love it. What I find most fascinating about her, she's posh, let's see, is that the time she spends scheming excuse me everything she does is calculated as well as being deliberate in pairing me up with the non-white female so she can spy on me I did not sit on the recruitment panel I am also required to do weekly meetings with the other racist suspect female in my team I'll call her Carrie Carrie and I are both managers and new to the team but she has worked for the organization for two years and was promoted to the role. 
I believe my racist manager wants us to meet weekly for two reasons. That being that Carrie can also report back anything I say, but I intend to stay on code. That's how you always defeat that. If it's a white person or a non-white person and you think, hey, their role is to be able to come back and this is what she said. Hey, I always, always, even if I'm talking to myself, if I'm on the workplace, in the workplace, in my office, door closed, I still talk to myself as though everybody in the organization is going to get a transcript audio recording all of that if they need it translated Czech, German French, Swahili, no problem that's the way that I speak, write text, communicate at all times when in the workplace talking to someone from the workplace talking on a workplace device anything of the sort that's the way the communication is so no problem Carrie tell him everything I said just be accurate and I'll make sure you know my job will be to make sure that we have an accurate record of what I said she continues I believe the second reason is because my manager is extremely lazy and wants me to train Carrie whose brain seems to be as empty as a carcass from my observation metaphor yikes she joined the team at the beginning of April every time she is required to produce any work she needs time to get her head around the task in quotes I don't think I've seen her produce anything which is unacceptable given how long she's worked for the organization Despite the short time she has been in the team, I was not given that much indulgence, even though I have only been in the organization for a few months and am still learning the systems and processes. What is most fascinating is the way Carrie will have me explain something, then quote it back to me in a tone which gives the impression that she is giving me an instruction white supremacy she also likes to come to me with questions that she should be asking our manager I put this down to her not wanting to expose her inadequacies to another white person we have had so many non-white people from like all over the galaxy who have talked about this for years for the 13 years we, we've had non-white people talk about this we didn't have workplace racism like period we didn't have a workplace racism weekly program we didn't have workplace racism as a part of the compensatory uh, compensatory call in like nothing it was just a subject we would talk about from time to time and even then we had non-white people who said oh yeah I've seen that in the workplace where white people they do not want to look like they are dumb and ignorant so they will run off in the corner or someplace and go get a nigger and uh, Willie, do you know what's four plus four? Uh, eight. Okay, thanks, Willie. And then they run back out, proud, chest out, like they knew, like they told exactly what she said. Like, 
Did you know I had to tell old Willie that four plus four is seven? I mean, eight, 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 eight. I said eight, yes. Four plus four is eight. Yes, yes, yes. Four plus four is eight. I had to tell old dumb Willie. He didn't even know. <laughs> that sort of thing. We have heard that for years. <laughs> Something about that too. Are we really about meritocracy? Like, really? She continues. Uh, I don't think she wants to expose her inadequacies to another white person, even though I do not think there will be any real consequences. Exposing her lack of ability to me also has no consequence. I've decided not to be used, so I have reduced the number of times I give her the answer to her queries. I do answer from time to time, but only enough times as is required to show willingness. It would be different if she was not behaving in a supremacist manner whilst being incompetent. Wow, now that is <laughs> bravo. All I can say, like I've said, like we talked about this before, where somebody classified as white will bamboozle a non-white person into training some other racist white person to either take their job or or just to annoy like you're not getting compensated sometimes they'll do this when you are not a designated like trainer this is not something that you've been properly trained yourself to do but somehow you've been volunteered to come and kind of hold this white person's hands and show them the ropes as they say metaphor uh, and where I've said, hey, if you you know are supposed to train it, da da da. But if, hey, I'm not supposed to train, and you're supposed to be asking the manager these questions, oh man. And she even said, like, hey, my attitude wouldn't maybe be this way if she wasn't being racist while getting the information. But I mean, really, if that's how it's gonna be, I will reply only as much as needed. I love it love it love it if you're in a situation where you do not have to answer you don't have to give up this information like hey and even hey i think susan would have these answers why don't you check in with her oh whoa, whoa i didn't want to bother susan uh-huh. love it i say stick to it uh if it helps because that's like wasting your time too like if she's coming to be racist and then pretend that she's teaching you Oh, dumb niggers don't teach me anything. Hey, come on. Come on. You're wasting my time so that you don't look incompetent. And as she said, I'm certain you're not going to be fired for being incompetent and lazy or all of the above. So at minimum, you don't need to waste my time. I love it. See, I said that is so many different ways that white people waste our time in the workplace and beyond. So many ways. She continues. I'm also going to cut down on the weekly catch-ups when the time is right. Gary spent the first meeting moaning and jabbering on about things I care nothing about until I brought the conversation back to work. I am not her teacher, mammy, or manager. See that right there? I love it. Wasting time. None of that. In my opinion, none of us in the workplace, we are never here. I don't care. Yeah, Steph Curry is great. And the finals is awesome. I'm not here to talk about that. 
summer is awesome and you got all these wonderful summer dresses and I'm sure you have dieted like crazy and you're going to wear all these great bikinis and blah 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 I'm not here to talk about any of that no work time should be devoted to any of that we have got serious people who are incompetent right here on the team we have got serious issues where is our gun training safety program for <laughs> active shooter drill violence in the workplace like it should be lots of things that we need to talk about instead of just sitting around whining moaning about silliness conflict with our spouses and oh man I want a new love seat at home my husband is a cheapskate and all that come on no wasting time like business things that problems am I supposed to get a raise is there any new training opportunity like it's lots of things we can be talking about instead of wasting time bravo to our caller for getting a code to stop these white women from wasting time number again 720-716-7300 the code 564-943-POUND press star 61 if you would like to participate the email until justice at gmail.com just want to say also really quick that laziness we have heard that one for a bit like lazy white doesn't she just have to say these lazy white women but lazy white females lazy white males lazy white children even uh, we have heard that one for a long time and somehow even they'll be lazy and pawn their workout off on other non-white workers and what have you see they'll catch us in that oh if I do you know some of Paul's work and this that and the other I'll show them a really hard work and all that and then John Henryism we just work ourselves to death hypertension all the rest of it and still don't get promoted or raised or anything the lazy white people get all the promotions raises and you know all the rest of it anywho let's see uh, other folks who dialed in with a hand up, if you have commentary to share, proceed. Looks like folks are spectating. Hopefully, that means uh, folks are safe and well compensated in their work environment not having uh, any of these problems and what have you uh, you are treated well daily and super well trained super well compensated which if that is so make sure you invest visit the blog racism hyphen notes dot blogspot dot com address again racism hyphen notes dot blogspot dot com listener supported counter racist radio paypal button is in the top right corner uh, you'll also see the links for cash app venmo even for paypal much obliged for all the folks who have invested kept us on the air for 13 plus years hopefully we have been worthy of your time and energy and certainly any of the folks where 
you are not being terrorized in your work environment you are a well-valued member of your chosen corporation well then yes for sure invest if you think the cowsy is constructive uh let's see mm-hmm. i thought there were other folks who had hands up and then they disappeared right when i was going to get their hands so i don't know if we have some racist interference again or if they just you know changed their mind had something to share and then uh said they'll save it for later or what have you i'll check on the switchboard and again now we have had lots of racist interference over the years and even recently so if it's any sort of phone disturbance uh folks getting disconnected and what have you that has been a long time problem uh for people who have dialed in so be persistent you can let us know that as well but did see some folks who were with us and then all of a sudden disappeared when i was going to get their hands as well uh let's see not sure uh, give folks a little while see if they get their thoughts together we should be here Saturday for the compensatory call in 9pm Eastern 6pm Pacific uh, we'll catch up on news and commentary from the past seven days uh, hopefully suggestions commentary things that uh, help us be a little bit less confused uh, a little bit more constructive moving into summer of 2000. 22. Uh, also, we should be here on Monday, uh, white historian uh, in the Buffalo area talking about the long history uh, of white terrorism, uh, even before Joseph Christopher, but certainly before Peyton Gendron, who was charged with terrorism this week. Uh, we'll chat about that tomorrow. And then again, white guest on uh, Monday, normal time, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific. Let's see. Uh double check to make sure I did not miss any of our uh, emails uh, as well much obliged for the folks who uh, wrote in again definitely share with the COVID-19 situation since we have folks in such a wide array of areas I think that's important even if it's just for people so that they can make better decisions uh, being aware uh, of you know hey this is still an issue or folks have moved on they're looking like they're not exactly taking all this serious I think Bay Area mom was saying it uh, looks like on the the BART folks are not as much uh, wearing a mask or what have you after that's why I said after the Supreme Court decision uh, it seems like a lot of those regulations and what have you went away uh, in many locations uh, and or at least are not as uh, stringently enforced or abided by so uh, yeah but let us know like uh, how people are functioning with all that in your uh, work environment uh, that would be good to know and then even how you yourself like are you you know kind of with them like hey, I'm done with all the COVID stuff <laughs> or uh, we had folks who wrote in who said nope I still wear my mask uh, out in public and not hanging out with a whole lot of folks uh, let us know that as well again helping us make uh, better choices just be more informed about the world in which we live dominated by white supremacy racism uh, let us see like the other folks are still spectating uh, if folks are uh, spectating for their Friday lame Friday though it has been 
uh, we'll give them uh, another five or so to spectate and then if they don't have anything to share then we can wrap up early and get to Saturday again spectating way too much spectating for workplace racism uh, unless all of the other folks who are just listening in like we don't work never worked are treated in a spectacular manner in our workplace and there is nothing incorrect unsafe even remotely related to white supremacy racism that happens in addition to me being treated extraordinarily well extremely well compensated like if that is the case well then wow I have no idea like why you're even interested in such a program like I would be out you know frolicking you know spending my uh wonderful paycheck thinking of some vacation like it is summertime like you all should be out doing it up for the summertime and what have you uh if that is not the case yes there's a little much spectating uh going on uh covid situation as well as workplace racism but not as exciting as area uh retired firefighter in florida yes sir yeah i i uh didn't want to uh uh come come in uh just in case somebody who is actually is leaving their place of residence and going to work and and for about eight nine hours come <laughs> have to come uh, come back home uh they, they they say something but uh uh just something uh that I was thinking about as you at the early part of the program where you were talking about uh, the advent of uh, carpooling and uh, the problems that occur uh, a lot of times actually with carpooling uh, and other forms of uh, uh, race of white supremacy and preventive measures uh, to take uh, that, you know, you put it in a short term called codification. the the movie uh nothing but a man uh starring Ivan Dixon and the great Abby Lincoln singer actor actress uh was full of lessons <laughs> on not only workplace racism but prevention from to making your day a lot better with either with, with also with other black people in the movie I'm not going to say anything about the movie. I just encourage if you haven't seen it to look at the movie and you will see what I'm talking about uh, through the movie, including including uh, what to do and what not to do in carpooling. You will see that in the movie also. And uh, that, that's all I'll say. Thank you. I'm, I'm pretty sure you probably have watched the movie. Also, uh, just to give uh, someone that I would think everybody on the program would respect their opinion. Uh, Minister Malcolm X stated that that was the best movie he ever saw when he saw it. I saw that somewhere. And that's all I have to say. Thank you. Much obliged. Uh, Retired firefighter in Florida. Uh, We have talked about nothing but a man uh, on the program a few times, even with Dr. Martin Kevorkian way back uh, in 2011. He was on the program, the great Ivan Dixon, but even some racist jokes uh, in that one, unfortunately. Lots of workplace racism and uh, having a code about that carpool. Like I said, you don't just hop in. 
talk about any old thing and oh yes who are you voting for and all the rest of it. what do you think about black light have a coat like I said it's best there in a van or you can get in the back seat or what have you and I'm gonna take a snooze just give me a nudge or if it's no touching just you know call my name once or twice and I will be ready to roll but I'm gonna catch up on my shut eye even if you're not gonna go to sleep earbuds like I said have a code so it's not just getting there and running off at the mouth and then or you don't have a fight but you're just yammering off at the mouth and oh we went here for our vacation and we're planning to go out of the country in July and blah 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 and we just bought that is not constructive either spend your 60 minute ride just talking about what you bought and how many cars you got and vacation and eh, that is not 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 have a code this is what you say this is what you want to say and hopefully it will lean on the quiet side if you carpool which again I'm not speaking against can be constructive save those quarters just you don't want to be reckless especially loose lipped if you carpool and expect already have that in your code expect if you're riding with someone classified as white they are gonna be prying and a questioning let us see uh, other folks dialed in with a hand up if you have commentary to share proceed may I be heard uh, yes sir uh, yes thank you guys for taking my call um, greetings to everyone online um, I wanted to uh, update uh, the viewers about um, the black female who was having uh, difficulties working with um, yeah so our job is kind of seasonal so I've noticed when um, our job tends to pick up as far as workload, that's when the uh, terrorism tends, tends to start. Um, so I'm seeing little uh, agitations here and there happening, um, one, of the, one of which is getting standing closer to my desk. Um, well, not my desk, but desk I've been assigned, and um, talking very loudly, speaking very loudly. Um, other observations in the office, um, we do have a, a just appointed black female supervisor. Um, I suspect that this, um, black female was placed here. This is my uh, conjecture that she was placed there, um, specifically, uh, to, I guess, help with the terrorize it terrorization of myself um, that's what I think I had to sit upon um, when this female first got there um, they were doing some of the same type of um, agitation in the office and this female said nothing that could be just because she is un unaware or uh, uninformed of the of the environment per se but I suspect uh this person has been placed there for really only one reason, just to um, uh, further support the uh, terrorism, terrorization of myself. Um, about the COVID protocols, I will say in, in the plantation that I work work at, um, 
a lot of people have been removing their mask, and uh, they've been doing this since the beginning, really. Though. They didn't really care about the protocols and whatnot. Um, speaking close, uh, standing close to one another, even though that's uh, something that's been um, uh, said or frowned upon to not do, they've been doing it, um, kind of just ignoring a lot of the uh, protocols from what I've seen. I, myself, I still observe the mass protocol. Um, yeah, I mean, a lot of people, they have just not uh, taken it seriously since the beginning of it, in my opinion, in my uh, plantation. Um, if there's anything else that comes to mind, I will um, uh, speak again if that is uh, possible. Um, but thank you guys for taking my call, and I appreciate the counsel. Much a block. Oh. Didn't get the. Okay, there we go. Much obliged, kind sir. Um, the COVID situation that unfortunately has been pretty common, even, you know, back to the beginning, uh, 2020, at least in this part of the world. Well, I can't even say that. They got Boris Johnson uh, in trouble and what have you in the UK, but that has been very common uh, in terms of folks not uh, taking it serious, especially individuals classified as white. Uh, and getting all in your space and all the rest of it and getting close and, and everything else. So uh, that has just been par for the course. And that's why I said as well, if you have concluded, hey, this is still a problem. I'm going to do everything that I can to try to keep myself, you know, safe. Don't be bullied. You know, if they're doing all of that. And I would say that's also black self-respect to just, you know, speak up. Hey, can you distance? Thank you kindly. I wouldn't even get into a whole lot of what have you. If you can just give me a little bit of space. Thank you kindly. I wouldn't get into a whole lot of, you know, talking about why don't you take it? that? None of that. Just thank you kindly. Or I would back up myself if they don't want to, you know, do all that. If they want to joke, if you're wearing your mask or what have you. I, same thing that I was telling Bay Area mom about the little fella. Mm-hmm. I'm not going back and forth and having a debate about all of this, like whatever they had. Oh, I see. You're one old libtard. You got to wear your mask for the rest of your life. You're going to be 85 years old and still walking around with that mask on, huh? You don't even get a mmm for all of that. Just keep working. Now, as for the uh, increased uh, terrorism, he <laughs> said, like they will come and be loud uh next to the desk and uh i guess they 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 micro guys all of these like uh terroristic acts uh but they are passive aggressive type things they might say where it's not that they're coming and directly smacking you uh or hitting you but just though that we've heard from lots of folks where they do this sort of thing come and be really loud in your area really loud where they're not even talking to you <laughs> and just like why are you coming over here for all of this sometimes it's loud and not even work related just coming loud to be in your area about that sort of thing then it would just be all about professionalism uh, I mean unless we're at a bar or something where we're drinking and eating pretzels and being rowdy all day long if this is a professional environment like come on we're trying to work might have to talk to a client 
customer, do a Zoom conference or what have you, and you're over here being rowdy. Thank you, Count. Just trying to work. And I'd also say in those, your nonverbals and what have you, because I think when they're doing that, they're trying to instigate. Uh, to get us, you know, upset. He said this is busier season, so they want to come and be disruptive and what have you. I'd say watch my nonverbals and just try to be as uh, even toned as possible. If I'm going to say something about, oh man, you all are being a little loud. If you could, you know, just give me a little space so that I can get this done. Trying to talk to a client, trying to talk to a customer, what have you. And they could hear some of the background noise. Much obliged. That sort of thing. And, you know, if it continues, I would even bring it up like meeting manager, whatever it is, like just making sure that we have a professional environment. Uh, you know, as I said, we're not at a sports bar. Yes, the finals are fun, but that's not what we're doing right now. We're at work. So let's make sure we're talking, especially if you're one of those it's all in vogue, right? The open space. We're not, we're not all in our places where we've been assigned he got there too uh the area where we've been assigned right a lot of us we don't have a big office we're in an open space or what have you so hey we all want to make sure we're watching noise other people might be on a call we don't want to be coming and talking wild and <laughs> saying whatever to susan or helen over here in the corner and we got jake over here on a phone call so yeah it can be brought up in a lot of ways like that but i think i think that's also key that he pointed out it's an increased time of work and that's accompanied with this increase in terrorist activity. So just to be mine, it can't even just be, hey, all hands on deck. Nah, 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 nah. This is the time to come and increase our practicing white supremacy. Much obliged, sir. Uh, let's see. Number again, 720-716-7300. The code 564-943-POUND. Press star six one if you would like to participate. Uh, let's see, folks that we oh, okay. See some of these folks. I was like, man, are we getting white interference or what? Because I saw some of these folks. They had a hand up and then they disappeared. Like right when I went to get the hand. Like oh, okay. Uh, other folks that we missed totally. Uh, yes, sir. Uh, Rob in Southern California. Uh, greetings, uh, Gustin, callers and listeners. Um, I didn't get to hear the audio. Um, I did want to uh, ask one question uh, after my commentary. Uh, what was the news report from Fresno, California, I want to say? Uh, I've heard Fresno mentioned a couple times on the call, and then I wanted to get the uh, story on that. Uh, interestingly enough, in 2011, when I first started uh making a, a trip to California, Fresno was the first place, uh, first city that I visited in California. Um, and my commentary uh, from this week, um, being persistent, uh, showing up at work, um, even when I don't feel my best, uh, just getting up every day. Um, making sure that I'm uh, available and present uh, to do my job. Um, so I take the bus to work, and uh, I've been taking the bus since I've been here. And, uh, like, I've spoke about, like, my physical ailments before. Uh, I'm still dealing with that. Um uh, like my spinal cord is crooked, um, the alignment of my body is completely off, 
and uh, it's painful uh, to walk sometimes. And my commute from the bus stop to work is like, man, like two California blocks. And I say California blocks because I'm from Wisconsin, and this ain't like these Cali, California blocks is a, a little bit longer. It's a lot more open space. And so um, I work with a couple of employees classified as non-white Mexican, and they um, they have these little fold-up e-bikes that they ride. And so I'm like, okay. I'm like, man, I could probably utilize that. So I looked it up. Um, it was uh, not a fairly expensive purchase, uh, kind of cheap. When it's, when we're talking about an e-bike, it was only uh, $300. But with the tax, I think I paid three and some change, something like that. Uh, but anyway, so the the other coworkers have had this bike for a while. And uh, I've never seen any other of the employees, like, ask to ride their bike or uh, even give them, like, a second thought, you know. So when I purchased my bike, I had a couple people uh, asking me if they could ride it. And then um, I feel like I'm being looked at a little bit differently, like, not in a good way, though, um, like, because all the employees have vehicles, so it's not like, you know, uh, I'm doing something that someone can't do, but I'm getting the impression that, like, <laughs> as a black person, like, I'm not supposed to be in a position to even purchase a fairly inexpensive bike. And I'm getting the impression that, like, it was cool for people to see me, like, walking and struggling more. And now that um, I'm trying to do something to improve my commute, um, I feel uh, a little shade thrown my way, as the young people say these days. And uh, that's all I have to share right now. And if someone can fill me in on the Fresno report, uh, that would be greatly appreciated. And thank you for taking my call. Yes, sir. Uh, let's see. The report for Fresno, lack of black educators in Fresno Unified highlighted following racist incidents on campus. Uh, that's from uh, California's Central Public Radio, Central California Public Radio, uh, from this week. Uh, we were talking about trying to get, well, actually, end of last week, very end of last week, where they were talking about uh, trying to get black teachers, uh, where students walked out of class and all the rest of it. And we were talking about, hey, man, fast forward through all the, well, they even, they said that they were going to, they got uh, money to get diversity. And we talked about, you know, as opposed to black teachers. Uh, anywho, that is, uh, that is interesting. Um, all of it that, you know, I guess someone had this bike before, so it's not like this is their first time, uh, where I guess if this was like a novelty, <laughs> where if you come and we'd never seen an e-bike before, like, wow, what is that Rob? Like, whoa, let me ride around the block and all those. But I mean, if they've seen this before, somebody else has one 
And now you got oh my god, I've never seen it. Like, didn't Tim have the same bike? Didn't ask him to ride like that's that's odd. He said all of this attention, uh, that word is not in the word guide, but at least in my view, it's one of those metaphors where it's some sort of condescension. Uh, something bad is associated with darkness, shade. Uh, but for them to be casting some sort of aspersions or what have you, just for him trying to. Now, I said before with the carpooling, right? Now, he said, take public transportation. You want to save some money, be efficient to get to work, all that. I said, hey, if you carpool, don't just talk about anything. Don't get in there and be, you know, bragging about your new car and what you got and vacations because, ooh, we, the vindictiveness. They will get rowdy about that race horse. Now, he just got an e-bike. He just said, he didn't tell us that, man, my e-bike is like a Lamborghini. Pool in the back of it, sauna. That's not what he said. $300. I think that's what I heard. 300 bucks. He said, hey, that's, you know, not exactly going to break the bike. Break the bank, excuse me. But, hey, improvement over the bus. I can get around a little bit better in California. They got warm weather, so I'll be able to ride it, you know year round really San Diego Southern California why would that be a reason you know it's it's green he's getting he's not bumming asking you all give me a ride so you can hide out in your car and steal it or rip your family like what I got a bike and I thought he said these were non-white non-black people which is why I've said for a lot of this stuff it really wouldn't matter because we have all been conditioned to function and think like racist man, racist woman, especially towards black people. So I wouldn't do any of that stuff. Even We've had people who said that they worked with other black people and they found out how much their salary was and they got mad and went to sabotage them. So, yeah, unfortunately, no reason to do any showing. I'm not saying uh, Rob was showing off, but yeah, no reason to show off or tell anyone about anything my new shoes my new watch my new car my new bike my new footies nothing that is wacky incidentally i probably would not let my workers ride like if i got a new car they're like hey man let me ride your new car Uh, i don't think so we are not friends like that like if you were a sibling my parent my child with a license that might be different but we just work together like come on let's see much obliged Rob in Wisconsin Uh, enjoy that bike they have lots of e-bikes here they are all the rage in California I mean San Diego Diego. sorry San Diego San Diego been good at that for a while but much obliged Rob in San Diego those bikes are all the rage uh, up here in Seattle as well and uh, they got all those hills you know Uh, lots of white people have them and just you know rave about the uh, e-bikes Robin San Diego Uh, other folks who we have missed totally hello okay Uh, greetings Irie in Louisiana Hello, Gus, and hi to the audience. Um, let me see. I'm about to lose track. Um, so I have 
a suggestion and or some suggestions and then um, a question. So because I'm doing a presentation right now for teenagers uh, in regard to um, health and safety, so chemicals, how we're exposed to them uh, in ways that are known and unknown, how to look up or how to find out um, how to get the uh, MSDS and also uh, lightly touching on the governing bodies that are over like safety in a workplace or an institution. Uh, since the kids are out um, this summer, there's a, um, you know, they're going to be working and everything, but there's a program, a summer program that I was invited to do a class for. I did one already. Um, I think I spoke about that um, college preparedness. And thanks, Gus, for the quote. When you play around with sex, the joke is on the offspring because I made sure to put that in there and I gave you credit. Um, so you might have some new listeners one day. Um, but I told them that as part of the college uh, presentation to say you didn't go to college to, you know, mess around with sex and <laughs> have kids. So don't do that. That's not part of the plan. Um and some other stuff that I touched on too. So this time I'm doing safety, not just in the workplace, but safety and health with chemicals, body language, uh, and situational awareness, which I find very, um, not ironic, but sad that it's on the back end of the Buffalo shooting and the shooting in Texas. Um, but, uh, I think it's going to be good. Now, here's the question. I'm doing all the preparation for this presentation. Mind you, I've been doing it probably the past 10 years or so, just living and understanding, uh, racism, white supremacy, even more in depth, uh, you know, than I was when I was a teenager, obviously, but I'm sorry, I'm rambling a little bit. I'm trying to get, trying to cook and talk at the same time. So pardon my progress, but, um, so, um, it's an, an accumulation of information and things that I understand. And I'm making sure to put in the presentation that it's my understanding, but I also have tangible, like primary source citations. Uh, from books, I even take pictures from the book to, to quote directly so they can see that I'm not paraphrasing. I supply the book uh, titles and authors um, and also my links. And I have a, like a work cited or a bibliography, should I say, that the children are going to get. Because I, I, I'm personally big on bibliographies and citing my sources. Uh, and I appreciate when books are like that as well. It's taken me about three weeks. It's taken a good three weeks to put this together. And I feel like I'm getting shortchanged. So let me know if I am. The reason why. The lady that coordinated this told me that the 
community college where I'm doing it pays $25 per student for, uh, for a presenter. So there were so many registrations for different classes and my particular class got 20 students. So that's 20. Did I say 20 or 25? So it's $25 per student. Okay. At 20. So we can do that, that math quickly, right? And it's about 500. I feel like that's not enough for all the work I'm doing. And I want to know how they got that number. You know what I'm saying? And I don't mind doing it because the kids need the information. But at the same time, you know, it's almost like if we're, if we're going to go there and start charging, are y'all going to pay me for this? Like, how I just feel like there should be a reassessment of how much I get, or at least an addition for preparation, should I say. Because if you divide, if you spread out $500 over three, week, three weeks of preparation, I think it's going to be like minimum wage. Y'all tell me. Let me know, Gus, and I'll mute my line. Oh, um, for the gentleman at work with the mask situation, I don't know if he has to talk to people, but um, I recommend the Atmo Blue mask. It has a fan, like a dual fan and HEPA filters and stuff. It's kind of fancy. It's about a hundred something dollars, but I use it when I work out and I use it when I go out and it's great. And I wanted to share that. Thank you. Much obliged. Irie in Louisiana. Um, Hmm. Everybody should, you know, consider your uh, worth in the workplace in terms of, you know, what you're being compensated. That's why I said, like, man, you know, that's that is amazing. If we have a whole audience of live listeners, at least where you, you know, think you're being compensated correctly and you're getting what you you are worth uh, on your particular job. Like, that's amazing, because most of the black people that I talk to, that is not the case at all. Um, So, yeah, definitely constantly evaluate to see, you know, am, am I being paid what I'm worth are they getting over you know based on the amount of work time and energy that I have to uh, invest my experience uh, you know certifications or whatever else uh, because the vast majority of non-white people are not being paid correctly Uh, so 25 per student for presenter Um, I don't like you said I don't know how they came up with that number either uh, is that the same for everybody? And um, does that factor in, as you said, like prep time and uh, all the rest of it? How much time you have to put into uh, the lesson? Like, yeah, and I'm sure they, you know, are working with whatever constraints that they have in terms of uh, budget as well. But kind of the same thing. See, we were talking about that before with black educators and the difficulty getting them in and getting them uh, well compensated. Young academic. We talked with them with him uh, about this for years. Um I'd say if you are, if this is something that you're going to continue to do, like you enjoy it, you said it's not that you mind, but you feel like you're worth more. Uh, it might be something where it's the end of the academic year. Uh, I don't know if you're going to be doing 
these lessons over the summer or what have you, but uh, if this is something where you do this and this is going to be at least pausing for a little while and then maybe restarting in the autumn might be the great time where you can talk about that, like, you know, getting whatever the rate is per student and then getting a stipend uh, in addition to that and or raising uh, the rate per student uh, to factor in whatever prep time that you have and what have you. But I mean, that's so universal in terms of uh, teachers not being compensated, uh, not being compensated for their value uh, in the midst of all this. But yeah, I would just bring that up directly uh, to see if they can adjust either or um, and just itemize it. You know, the amount of time that you have to put into the whatever teachings that you do lectures that you do uh, and you know if it's putting slides together research whatever it is uh, you can easily have whole uh, apps uh, that will help you uh, just document how much time you're having to invest in a project and whatever it is typing this getting this photocopies this for the students or you know whatever you do um, but yeah I would say just present it to him that way and see if you can get get a raise if this is going to continue through the summer Hey, see if you can get it kicked in before the summer. But at minimum, I would want to see if you get it kicked in uh, before the start. If you're if you're continuing before uh, the next academic year, because that's, you know, prime time where they might make changes to teaching contracts or uh, with teachers compensation. All of that stuff might be up for review since it's, you know, into the academic year. Um, much obliged for the suggestion on the masking as well again that is a big part of your safety uh, black self-respect even really you know just speaking up and uh, making sure that other people do not bully you uh, and or uh, kind of uh, forgive the metaphor or I was going to say knock you off your square but uh, get you to kind of retreat if you are still taking all this with COVID-19 seriously uh, to get you to not do that, just bullying you or teasing you or what have you. So then you don't wear your mask and all the rest of it. Like do not allow that to happen. If you know, you're vested in all that and you want to stay safe, you're taking COVID-19 seriously, continue to do so. Uh, the number again. Oh, yes, ma'am. I just want to say what I forgot really quick. Thank you. I wanted to tell the audience to go over safety, um, tell the kids that are working this summer to ask their jobs about material safety data sheets and what their safety plan is for any like emergency events, whether it be natural disaster or man-made. That's what I forgot to mention at the beginning. Thanks. Very important. They had the folks uh, out in the Midwest. Uh, they died. Uh, I think at the Amazon uh, warehouse, uh, it was a tornado, and uh, they got advanced awards. Like so they had family members, some of them who were telling them, and you know, leave, get out of there, come home, or whatever else. Uh, and the person in charge, like, nah, 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 stay here. They stayed in the warehouse, and then they ended up having like four or five people die there. Told them if they left, they would uh, lose their job and all this other stuff. So. Yes, absolutely. Uh, unfortunately, ask and ask detailed questions. What is the plan uh, if there's going to be man-made or otherwise? What is the emergency plan? And let's go over it in detail. Make sure it makes sense. Know where the exits are and all of that. And then hopefully we'll never have to use this, but just in case. Uh, let's see. Number again, 
seven three hundred the code five six four nine four three pound press star six one if you would like to participate uh that is dr welsing play around with sex the joke is on the offspring that is dr francis cress welsing she would definitely be uh robustly upset like wait a minute that is not gus t that worthless negro did not come up with that that is me much obliged, Dr. Welsing. But yes, she did say that all the time. Play around with six. The joke is on the offspring. In a classroom with I no apologize, black... Dr. Welsing. <laughs> for sure. I'm sure she's all forgiven. Grandsister, she was very humble. All forgiven. Uh, let's see. Other folks that we missed totally. Uh, if you have commentary to share, proceed. May I be heard? Caller in Florida. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Thank you very much, sir. Greetings to Gus, the host, the listeners and callers. Um, I have some reports i like to share. Uh, the beginning is about the new HR person, uh, classified white. Um, she was uh, in the room uh, with a coworker and myself, and we were helping to explain to her about where to uh, set certain um, envelopes in her office envelopes. And she was beginning to say how she was beginning to get into, I guess, stress eating or whatever. And she had a mask on. Um, because she had just reported another COVID case. I shared a piece of it last week, but she said she had to wean off of uh, drinking coffee and different things like that. Um, And then I wanted to start out with that because I got another report where she was reported to have said she was losing her hair, something like that. Hair was falling out. Um, I think the racist uh, clique members are causing that, and they still have their entitlement, and they don't want to give that up, and they're being very rebellious. Uh, So (laughs) she is becoming real stressed out, it sounds like to me. Uh, and I also wanted to share where it was a meeting where they was talking about, I guess, leadership, so-called leadership. And it uh, consisted of a few of what they call lead workers. And this victim shared with me that she exhibited tendencies to look at her when it came to saying how they should make improvements in the workplace and how we don't want to come into the workplace and experience drama and um, issues and uh, conflicts and things like that. So she said that she um, didn't really respond to those attempts at getting her to speak about those things because there was a white woman in there that wasn't very talkative, and it was a white man in there who was very arrogant and not very 
um, professional. It was the same guy that said that they should have named the courthouse criminal building after him. And he is saying that basically the supervisor in uh, the area where he works basically gives him, I guess, some kind of uh, responsibility to make decisions, whatever that means. And he had the audacity in this meeting to ask the HR white woman, why don't I get uh, invited to the interviews, to interviews for new applicants? So this is how arrogant and racist this guy is. And she just said, well, that's a responsibility or something that's designated for the supervisor. You're not the supervisor. So he just went silent. Um, this victim also was insulted. I was in the uh, department child support, and they were having a conversation about the vehicles or whatever. Um, I may have mentioned this, but I was thinking about it, that this victim was saying that, you know, before she purchased a, a better functioning vehicle, uh, the the tailpipe or whatever, um, or it was maybe the trunk or some area of the vehicle put out a lot of smoke or whatever. Emitted a lot of smoke. And she was like, oh, yeah, I remember those days because, man, I, I didn't know if uh, if it was her car or we didn't know if it was a drive-by shooting happening. So, you know, I thought about that once again, and uh, I was writing down some recent notes and I just thought that was racism being practiced. Um, there was a white couple that came into the lobby, and uh, they were practicing racism. Well, mainly I think it was the Baylors, for the most part, practicing racism because they knew a black female works at the window where there's a bell there. So uh, she had just came back off of the vacation after Memorial Day on Tuesday and they're back there uh, pressing on the bell, tapping on the bell a lot. And it's not even 8.15. Like, uh, the courthouse doesn't start opening for business until 8.15. It was like 8.04. And they're back there pressing on this bell. So I'm like, man, why didn't the bailiff say anything that just wait for 8.15 to come by? So that was another one that was uh, that I found um, interesting. Uh, there was the the air conditioning because the building is old. That made it very uncomfortable for the white side, uh, and they were sweating over there. So they tried to get us to open our door. Uh, so that the air would come from out of our small room or the small room that we work in to go into the, where they are. I said, oh, no, no, not the segregated area. So I closed the door back. The white girl opened the door. I closed it back. So the click member uh, pretty much heard what I said, didn't get up and open the door back. 
because I was like, well, she said she hate coming over here, so you hate the air too. That's the that's the. I don't know if it's a metaphor, but that's what I said. So I just sat back down and I just kept helping the customers. So um, my my last two is that there was a there was secrets being kept because uh, on Tuesday after the holiday. Uh, a white woman walked from the other side and she was like, Oh, I guess y'all haven't heard, huh? Y'all didn't hear the news. And we're like, what, what are you, what are you talking about? Um, yeah, the supervisor tested positive. So we all just sitting there like, are you serious? Like, where, where did you hear this? So she said she heard a, I'm just going to say she's involved also in the clique. Um, she was whispering about it and she was upset, but see, a lot of them still don't like to, uh, wear a mask. Um, so I guess it was something that happened last weekend or whatever, but I was thinking in my mind, that's another reason why I don't do any of the, any of the potlucks or nothing because they were eating the, uh, the pizza, you know, unhealthy stuff, by the way. Um, cheesecake, all that stuff. They was back there putting their hands on silverware, plasticware, plates, and proximity with each other, talking and sitting in uh, small offices, talking with each other. Um, and she just, I think she had the virus last week. Uh, and I just wanted to read an uh, email, one last thing. She sent this out today, the supervisor a racist suspect, it says, Hi, everyone. I appreciate you all pulling together and filling in, to, and filling in during my unexpected absence this week. Blank, the HR lady, informed me that I should be cough and fever-free with no assistance from Tylenol. I'm hoping that the next two days will result in continued reduction of symptoms. I will call her Monday morning to discuss my ability to return to the office thank you for your well wishes for my speedy recovery just need to be prudent and cautious so as not to expose you beyond what may have occurred last week everyone has done extremely well keeping the virus at bay and out out of the office i hope you all have a great weekend and that i will be back next week Thanks again for everyone, well, for everything you've done this week to keep the office running. Great team. And and one last thing, this see, this 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 white woman, right? She has a um, a sign on the on a desk. It says, "You are the queen." I say, uh, "Was somebody calling you this? Why do you have this here?" Oh. um, at my last job, you know, this used to be this used to be a name that they would just play around and call me. Uh, but you know, I pretty much grew out of that. I grew out of it. But you still have this word here, like you're a queen. But you know, uh, but that's that's all I have to share. Thanks for allowing me to speak. Royalty system, man. We did read. The man 
in the high castle, Mr. Fuller said, kings and queens splashing mud on people, making fun of people, looking down on people. That is what racism is all about. Queen. Uh, man, like, uh, at least we started out serious like he said stress eating like I was even listening like maybe I didn't hear him right did he say stress eating eh continued he said yeah stress eating with the new HR hire he said she had to wean herself off of coffee and is losing her hair and this is someone who's classified as white unless I'm mistaken like dang it's been that bad. They've been that unruly and all the rest of it uh, cutting up where it's been that traumatic of an experience. Like, wow. If that is a, that right there is why this is so serious. Uh, I mean, so many black people, if this is a white person, so many black people like they're going through exponentially worse. Losing your hair. Eating like I said, Either you eat too much or stop eating all the way, lose a whole lot of weight, gain a whole lot of weight. It can go, you know, either or uh, and sleep, pro- all of that. I mean, <sighs> trauma in the workplace, very important. I mean, this can, you know, really ruin people's lives. Uh, these having to deal with these type of problems, uh, people mistreating you just because they're racist. And she's that's not even racist. This is just a white woman dealing with these other unruly white colleagues. Fellow click members, probably. Uh, she said the the uh, unprofessional uh, white man, where the supervisor gives him responsibility to make decisions. Like, I don't know. That, is that supposed to be happening? Like, I know you can delegate and what have you, but like, man, <laughs> I don't know. Like, the, the rules do not apply. Um, I don't know. I don't. I mean, maybe other people have that sort of situation in their office or what have you, where they have someone who might have some seniority or their capability. You know, maybe they're intelligent. This is up and coming person. We feel like he's management material, so we let him make a few decisions. Normally, I would do it as the manager, but he's capable. Maybe that. Maybe that is the case. But uh, wow, like <laughs> you know, I'm I'm in charge. You know, they see I'm management. But why y'all should be sending me invites when there's a new hire? Why don't you? Let me know. Drop me an email. You're not a supervisor. I should be. That's the problem. Get some things done around here. Like, wow. All right, white man. Probably another white man who's not even qualified, but he said he was unprofessional. See? Uh, Let's see. Same thing I said before about the better functioning vehicle. Now, this time... It went a different direction, but I mean, it really doesn't matter because it all ends out the same, something tacky and racist. And he said the young lady comes in and, oh, I got myself a better functioning vehicle. And, you know, I remember olden days when I had that messed up car and, you know, whatever the problem was and had that smoke coming out the back of it. And then she has, oh, yeah, I remember. We didn't know if it was a drive by shoot. What? Why does it have to be some sort of association with a drive by shoot? She had car trouble. Now she's a gangbanger. That's what I mean about those metaphors and what have you. 
like as they had said before like, what if we had an old rapist here like oh yeah you yeah see if it was gonna sneak in somebody's house and rape somebody why did the metaphors the black people always got to be the devil the rape remember that one it came in the fella came in and said oh look the devil and jumped over the little banister what happened why do all the anti-black metaphors the black people got to be satan and rapists and gangbangers at the courthouse why is that that's why i said way back at the beginning like if you work someplace and we tell jokes that's fine i like a kiki you know every now and then but i mean really it should not be the joke is gonna be the negros always end up being some kind of criminal drug smuggler i don't see anything funny about any of that that's just you know same old what we've been doing gangbang yes i didn't know we were having a drive-by shooting boys in the hood going on out here well Mm-hmm. that's why I said don't even bring up the beat we're just talking about work um, oh my lord now see we're in foot now I am in the Pacific Northwest I'm not sure the weather got above 60 degrees today no need for air conditioning here at least not anytime soon down in Ron DeSantis land uh oh I have been through that being down in the Mason-Dixon area, Georgia, Virginia, Mississippi, Louisiana, get stuck in one of those old timey Civil War buildings that's been there a good 150 years or whatever it is. And no, we don't have central AC. Everybody has their little unit or whatever other tacky system they have rigged together and oh man you get stuck one of those humid 95 because it's not super super hot as of yet I don't think or they did say they were having heat waves anyway you hit one of those hot days and ooh man oh man do you think we can hang out in the segregated area oh that that, that. said you don't like coming over here remember we can we can just open the door man you don't like the air either. Just keep that door closed. Love it. Love it. We're not running AC for the whole building either. Like that compromises. You know, now we got to suffer too. Come on. Get the AC to get better yet. Renovate the whole building. But nah, we're in the segregated. We can't even get proper staffing. Remember? Steal our air conditioning. Come on. Uh, man and the secrets now see that's what I mean we don't need to hang out and talk about the finals we don't need to hang out and talk about who we're going to vote for president what do you think about Ron DeSantis nothing let's talk about safety issues in the workplace we've got people who have the Rona stop everything Let's get back on what our protocol for that is. Are people supposed to be notified or is this supposed to be scuttlebutt that we pick up around the water cooler? Are we really concerned about safety? We going back and doing, you know, bringing in lunches and all that potlucks. I made sweet potato pie. I want to make sure everybody come in, get a piece, all that nonsense. You got people testing positive and then we don't even find out about it down, down the road. 
She can send whatever tacky email in like, oh, you know, let's make sure we're doing our best to minimize the contagion. We're not even spreading the word. I mean, hey, I'm all for HIPAA and you don't have to tell everybody. But I mean, dang, come on, we could do way better. And this is what I mean. Like, so is all this over or no? If we're having people testing positive and she's got to be out for, you know, whatever, who knows uh, until we decide everything, then maybe this is not over. Maybe let's hold up on, you know, let's do all that high fiving and hugging and come hang out. And I, he said, get being all in cramped quarters and all that whispering and probably unjust networking, quick activity, cut all that out and take all this serious and let the employees know so that we can also make safe decisions. Have we been contaminated? Are we at risk? And he said they had been doing that before where people were getting contaminated and then not even staying home. Come in, I don't want to you know, ruin my sick days. We got a trip to Daytona coming yeah. up. Can't mess that up. You know. <laughs> Come on, man. That's And that's why I've been saying too, take it serious, man. It's been so much. Of, it's been like two and a half years really of all of this. I'm not saying you got to go out and get vaccinated and all the rest, but I mean, really, I would at minimum think twice about being, you know, all up in a whole lot of people's faces uh, in the workplace, touching, high fiving, sharing food, any of that stuff, really like you have no idea. You could be working with some of these folks coming to work and they contaminate. He said husband got tested positive four times. Wife still coming in here every day. Hey, high five. Give me some love. Give me some love. Uh, best you can do, man. Try to stay safe. Black self-respect is about staying safe. Wear your mask if you're on all of that. Take it seriously. Man. Uh, much of the queen at the courthouse. Much obliged. Uh, caller in Florida. Um, number is seven two zero seven one six seven three hundred. The code five six four nine four three pound. Press star six one if you would like to participate. Uh, other folks, if anybody, if other commentary on the COVID-19 situation. If any of the shootings came up uh, in your workplace, as I said, I would never have anything to say about any of these. Issues. I wouldn't care if it happened in your town. I don't have anything. Oh, that was terrible. What happened? Condolences to the family. That's about it. Nothing to say about that. Not getting anything. Gun control. Great equalizer. None of that. Not appropriate for the workplace at all. Uh, but if any folks commentary on the COVID-19 situation, if they tried to talk to you about any of these uh, shooting incidents, uh, you've had to, you know, neutralize that quickly, uh, not get into any uh pontificating sharing your views share any other folks with uh, any questions commentary that they want to get in uh, last few minutes before we wrap things up
Everybody satisfied? Nothing else? They want to make sure they got in this here week? Grant. Oh, that was Rob in San Diego. Heard you. Yes, sir. Uh, so I just wanted to add uh, one more thing. Um, when you mentioned uh, unjust, unjust networking, um, I feel that quite a, quite a bit of that goes on um, <clears throat> in the uh, place that I uh, work in. Like, it's a fairly young group of people that are uh, in management um, at this particular location. And it's like uh, they all went to high school together or whatever. And I was talking to another employee, and uh, he was like, man, you know, I feel like whichever employees are included in that Snapchat thing, I didn't even know about the Snapchat, but he told me, like, the ones that's included in that Snapchat situation is uh, basically the ones that, you know, get promoted and get the positions or whatever. And the interesting thing was, like he told me, he was like, man, you know, um, when you're not on the line, he was like, man, things are a bit chaotic and unorganized. He was like, man, I can, you know, I can tell a difference. You know, um, when you're back there and when you're not. Um, And, you know, I feel that, um, like, one thing that I learned from working at a different location, um, customer service still, though, basically, uh, a person said that if you're observing um, the floor, like the work floor, um, from like the outside looking in, basically like you're standing off to the side, you should be able to clearly see um, who the person in charge is, like who's the leader on the floor. And um, I would have to say that if, a person observed, like, the floor um, where I'm working, um, they would assume that um, I am the uh, kitchen leader. Um, But as we know, that is not the case. Um, But I did find it very interesting that uh, someone else had the same observations that I had. And uh, thank you for letting me share. much obliged uh rob in socal uh that also is pretty common uh in terms of i have heard this is what i mean where frequently uh black people it's not that we you know are lazy trying to get over coming to work to try to steal uh cardboard boxes or whatever like we're trying to come do quality work be compensated see if we can move up the ladder as they say get a better job make a little bit more money take care of our families that is most black people dare I say most of the non-white people in the known universe in the workplace not all but that is like the vast vast majority 
And I've heard that consistently, specifically when he said like, hey, I can tell a difference. When you are here, things are less chaotic, seems a little bit more organized. I've heard that consistently. I've heard that even about Gus T at various workplaces and many, many other black people. But that is not reflected in our pay. Even Bay Area mom, where she's talking about, like, man, some of these students, they just respond and do whatever and get it on. That's not reflected in her pay. In fact, frequently, when they, you know, come and let us know these little whisper, pull you to the side. Hey, man, you are the best little colored boy or best little colored gal. Things work so great. They don't even write this down. This will be in so many times. This will be in workplace where at minimum for my performance review, have that written down. Hey, things work better. We can tell the difference in a constructive manner when Rob is with us. We'll put that down like, hey, maybe he should get a raise like, man, you should make sure that he is valued. It's reflected that way infrequently. Does that happen? system of white supremacy racism that's one even I think uh, our young scholar said the exact same thing now he's in the other side of the continent go Celtics up there said hey I'm working at the uh, same restaurant industry right see he's working in the sandwich industry and he's working they said wow you're one of our best young workers reliable and on time I mean wow he was uh, switching his schedule up. I said, man, you need a job. You just let us know. Anytime. Matter of fact, we can get you a race. He comes and says, oh, okay, right on. Well, that's great. I didn't even know I was valued like that. Comes back. Hey, can I get back on the schedule? And matter of fact, he said I could get a raise. Raise? Oh, I don't know. Raise? Who says I'm not raised? Did you say something? I don't know. I don't know. Raise. No way. That's crazy. <laughs> I don't know that. Consistent. Can't even get that written down. That man, this young whippersnapper here is dedicated and that plucking. He is about it. He's on time and does everything we ask. And the store just runs better when he's here. Hear that all the time. We still end up being treated like negras. That's why. This is a serious problem that needs to be solved as soon as possible. Many of Augusti included thinking, hey, you know, black people, if you just show up on time, all the rest, that's not what this is at all. We just go to school and show them we got initiative and are smart and competent. And perfect. That's not what this is at all. Not even close. He said he got a new bicycle and they got spiteful. That is giving you a much closer indication of the type of problem we're dealing with. A Negro with a bicycle in 2022. Other folks, commentary, they want to make sure they get in before we wrap things up. Everybody good? Oh, uh, our caller in Florida? 
Yes, yes, thank you very much, sir. Um, there was uh, a, a report that I received. Um, I guess it was like a, I can say it's VGQ, because it, it has something to do with the, the county. I guess they decided something about Juneteenth, right? So uh, it was something about being paid time and a half or something like that. So a black male, now this black male was hired in 2019 um, because they, they don't hire black males very often. So he got up and went to the uh, the court director, another black male. So uh, he was going to ask about was there any update about this, um, I guess, this particular holiday where we're supposed to get some kind of pay done from last year, you know, and it happened in this year. And he said that the guy responded to him, like, what the hell are you asking me for? Don't you got some work to do? So uh, he just walked away. He didn't respond, you know. Um, minimized conflict right there. He just turned around and went back to the best. I was like, oh, man, that's what he said to you. But, you know, uh, I wanted to report that. And uh, the fact that the, the white woman that came back and her husband had COVID four times, she still isn't wearing a mask. Uh, and also is heavily involved in getting white women to, as they say, go across the hallway, meaning go to administration and report a black female supervisor trying to sabotage, uh, just like how last week um, a white woman reported that she was told by a black female, figure it out, figure it out on your own. And see the white woman, HR, was saying, oh, it's a it's a matter of interpretation, and they were all seated in the room, and she changed the story up. Now, this white woman just started. See, so she's already being influenced by white women in that department. It's, it's about three of them, and it's two of them outside of the department. So I thought about that, that phrase, feeding off of, you know, when it comes to the joking. And, see, they, they all participate and trying to do harm and doing harm to black people and they do it swiftly. Uh, that's why I call them a click and they do, they operate like a game or a game period. So, uh, they were in a meeting for three hours with this white woman. She just started like three weeks ago. So I'm like, what, what could have caused that? And I see the black male and the black female, uh, and the white woman walking behind him. So, uh, I don't know what trouble was going on there, so but they they definitely are um, uh, practicing racism and trying to sabotage the the black female. And she was told, like I said, why don't you cry? Why don't you show any emotion? This white woman said this, so she's uh, evil, and and that's all I have to say. Thank you. If you are classified as white, you cannot be.
be ignorant about racism like three hour meeting that is your remedial class white supremacy racism at the courthouse this is how it's done get your story together if this is the same woman whose hair was falling out and everything and she had to wean off coffee and eating disorder and all the rest of it like wow what happened in the three hour meeting that is I mean that right there that is gang activity where I come out saying one thing let's tell the truth I don't think he said that she conspired uh, with this black female to say oh no you know she didn't say just figure it out or what have you and that's just a matter of inter blah, 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 and all this three hours later hair is falling out and I got eating but oh no actually uh, she did say figure it out and we are going to have to mediate like wow that is gang activity <laughs> like we have the meeting okay we're going to have you this one time this is what it is we're not going to have this again like no you just started we're going to catch you up over the next few hours here this is how it goes at the courthouse and he said it seemed like it was people that were involved they're not even in this department or what have you why do you care what do you have to do with it what's what's your pressing interest in getting this matter resolved huh racist man racist woman that's my interest got this nigger involved that's my interest wow and I mean that type of sabotage you got people that are working against you they're not even in your department that again what does it mean to be white yes feeding off of we all take part in and enjoy beating and have all these people ganging up on one that I mean that totally that is gang activity have all these white people ganging up on one black person it's not like she's got her family like I don't think he said her mom and dad work there too and brothers and sisters and she's got all these other black people that she works with and is friends with one black person and we all are going to gang up on her said the other black super we all sit around and gang up on him that there why this is super serious because I mean it's lots of us that is our experience going into work and having it seems everybody in the building (laughs) at minimum everybody in the department and beyond at least on the floor all working against you if nothing else that is a painful illustration why no you don't eat anything at the potluck nothing that they brought in no thank you white non-white no thank you these are not your homies that's why you're not just talking reckless you know all of these folks you might not even know all of the people who are participating in this sabotaging you and all that you might not even know pitiful man he said the woman that did her husband she tested positive four times the husband did I'm coming into work and I'm on sabotage I'm not here like man you all got to take this Rona seriously like whoa 
my hard-headed husband, and we just keep going around and around and around. I can't even get to the long haul COVID, long haul COVID, because he keeps contracting it. We gotta sit around. I'm sabotaging. You don't even have a mask on. Stop deal with this black woman, nigga, over here in the segregated section. Like, but where are the priorities? And I mean, you say that, you know, anytime. What are our priorities? It would seem evidence suggests individuals classified as white practicing racism is the priority. White supremacy racism, the priority on the planet above all. That has, again, painfully been demonstrated over the last two and a half years now with all of this COVID-19. They got that report where white people said once that the report started coming out at first saying, oh, man, it's a lot of black people getting this. White people like, forget that. This is nigger disease. I'm not wearing a mask. Exactly the behavior that he's been talking about. Lots of people have been saying, I'm not wearing a mask. I'm not distancing. Whatever. This is, you know, nigger disease. Priorities. That's why I say again, you as a non-white person have to prioritize your health and safety. If that means you're taking the Rona serious, take it serious. Don't let them sway you. White or non-white people in your workplace, if they're, you know, over it and all that, take it serious. You have to safeguard your safety. Uh, Any other commentary folks want to make sure that they get in? We'll assume folks are satisfied uh, that gang phenomenon in the workplace like man that I mean hey that is you can call that Voltron effect gang activity all of the above it qualifies but the workplace is definitely one environment it's not generally going to be one individual white person who is a problem it's going to be a gang of night of white people an unjust network working against you in the workplace very important to be mindful of that as you know you're moving around talking saying everything else oh yeah it's not one it is all of these individuals who are working against me and coordinating their efforts against me that is what makes them so powerful and dangerous keep that in mind We'll be here uh, Saturday, white people permitting uh, compensatory call in 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific. Uh, and on Monday, white female historian, Buffalo, West New York, talking about Peyton Gendron, Joseph Christopher, white terrorism, Buffalo, New York. That is Monday, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific. Anywho, much obliged for all the folks who tuned in live this here Friday. Uh, Hope it was worthy of your time and energy. Sobriety would be best under conditions of white supremacy. We have lots of problems. We will need high-level brain functioning to figure out solutions. Uh, In addition to being sober, uh, if you see someone, white or non-white, they're being hostile, loud in public exit you should be thinking this person may be armed they might have an armed entourage if you are not at that very moment ready to kill and die exit 
This is not a time for a whole lot of uh, verbal conflict with strangers, especially in the States. If you are in a vehicle, you are sober, buckled, not on your mobile device. Uh, we need all of our attention so you can be very mindful of your surroundings. Uh, just trying to do the small things that we can to minimize contact with race soldiers, badge or no. Again, if you have offspring or contact with young folks, remind them emergency situation, workplace or otherwise exits. What should we be doing if something happens, especially if this is like some sort of public event, work or otherwise? Very important to discuss all of that. That said, creator, we ask that you help us remain patient with other black people, victims of white supremacy. We ask that you help us remain patient with ourselves. Remind us to demonstrate the highest levels of black self-respect at all times, in all places, each and every time we are in contact with another black person. It has been time. Replace white supremacy with justice immediately. Cow signing out. Thanks all for tuning in. Nigga, you so brainwashed. I'm a victim, brother. A victim. Man, I'm a up. victim of 400 years of conditioning. Shut up. The man has programmed my conditioning. Mm -hmm. Even my conditioning has been conditioned. <laughs>